Welcome. Welcome. The show you're about to listen to is part of the Hopped Up Network's growing family of craft beer podcasts in the U.S. and Canada. Find this show and others like it at hoppedupnetwork.com, the spot for informative and entertaining craft beer podcasts. Good evening. This is the Wirt with Mike, Pete, and Steve. GovsRadio.com. Tonight, Steve and Pete are both here. The duo and the trio are in action. Tripod all day, every day. You're on. Now Now I don't know what to say. It's <laughs> the fucking moment. You like the tripod? <laughs> uh, uh. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Wirt with Mike, Pete, and Steve. GovsRadio.com. We are live here at the biggest and the baddest comedy store in all of Long Island. Governor's Comedy Club in Levittown. And we have a very special guest for you remote tonight. Before we begin, we have some things to do. Ding. We're going to start with a little bit of Rosie's Draft Solutions. Stephen, take it away. Dings. We got things. We got things. We got things. Rosie's. There it is. Draft Solution is a Long Island family-owned business that provides professional draft system services, line cleanings, and maintenance. Draft beer line system installs event dispensing solutions and more. Okay. Uh, they are passionate about craft beer and making sure it has the same quality as when it left the brewery. And is only done by making sure those draft system beer lines are perfectly clean. Clean, clean pipes. Cleans. Rosie services bars, restaurants, halls, events, and all other beverage establishments, including home kegerated installs across Long Island and Westchester. You can reach them at rosiesdraftsolutions at gmail.com. Or call them at 631-219-2075, Monday through Sunday, 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Mentioned wart. You're going to get a Brazilian wax. And oh, God. Now that's crazy. It is the season. And a candy cane. No, Le- a candy cane. Leftover yeah, candy left canes over. from the seasons. No, no, no. Uh, Mention wart and uh, get a nice little discount. That's right. Go ahead and give Nick a call. Tell him the wart sent. you receive a little percentage off your service, your hardware, or anything up there. Of, of. Rosie's Draft Solutions and Peter... Would you like to take it away for Beer Maker? Beer Maker. Yes. Your at-home countertop all-grain brewing system. Ah. App. App base. It's got a little app. Make it's been a while, hasn't beers. it? Appy, app, app. <laughs> yep, app, 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 app. <laughs> uh, brew all sorts of beers at home. Follow along on your phone. Yep. Little progress reports. It makes a little tugboat sound when it... Uh, boop, 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 boop. Oh, no, no. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> it's not the Islanders goal scoring? Nope. <laughs> no, okay. Uh, really, the hockey goal uh, scores everybody. Promo code the work. Yep. Little work. discount. Mm. Buy all sorts of uh, fun stuff on there. That's right. And go to uh, B-E-E-R-M-K-R.com or follow our Linktree 
in our Instagram bio and uh, send you right to our page where you get your 20% off your beer maker today. <laughs> today, we are also sponsored by Brewbag. Brewbag for your beer pong cornhole. Outdoor games is starting to warm up. Man, it was like 60 degrees the other day. I was thinking about breaking out that Brewbag. And then I remembered I'm getting older. And I can't just do things on a whim like that. So <laughs> I dreamed of it. I definitely dreamed of it and thought it was a great idea. And then you cracked the beer and said, eh, fuck that. I'm That's exactly it. I stayed right there on the couch and said, go. nope, nah, I'm going to stay right here. So go to Brewbag and also go to our a bio in our Instagram and hit the link tree and you will get a direct link right to uh, your page where you can receive 20% off or you can type in the promo code the wart the to wart. receive your 20% off your brew bag. They also have some really cool vinyl logos and branding for all the breweries. And there's tournaments going on upstate, so people weather the cold up there. They're a little hardened. And so they uh, they, they play their stock. brew. Yes, they, they, they brew their bags, uh, you know, in, even in the colder months. And listen, you know, football season's winding down, but baseball season's right around the corner. So grab your brew Pitches bag and today. Uh, and finally, we're also sponsored by Brewers Hardware. Brewers Hardware for your small batch or large capacities. Go to BrewersHardware.com. And uh, thanks to Brewers Hardware for supplying us with gifts that we get to give back to our brewer guests. And speaking of our brewer's guests, on the remote tonight, we have Greg from the Source Farmhouse Brewery in Colts Neck, New Jersey. What's up, Greg? What's going on, man? Cheers, fellas. Thanks for having me tonight. Yeah, well, man. Thanks Hi. a lot for uh, being on, and thanks for sending us some beers. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. I've been to the brewery, so I have some little firsthand experience. But we want to hear a lot about the uh, the story and all that other good stuff. And we got a lineup here that you sent to us. And I know as we follow the uh, social media, you guys have stuff coming out all the time. It's like nonstop barrage. Barrage. Barrage of things coming out nonstop. And uh, we want to get right into all of that so, Greg, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, the history of uh, The Source. Uh, yeah, so Source started in 2017. I formed it with my my business partner, Philip Petraka, uh, and his wife, Carrie. And we've been on this venture. We opened the doors in 2018. And so here we are now uh, <laughs> at our farmhouse brewery location in, in Colts Neck, New Jersey. So it's been a it's been a great ride so far. Um, we've been you know humbled by uh, the amount of people who have shown us some support, and we've been able to create a lot of really interesting beers in that time frame. And yeah. you know it's it's definitely been a ride. You know, weathering you know going into the pandemic as a it's a taproom focused brewery to switching to you know going heavy on canning when the taproom is closed to. You know, now having a nice mix of offering that unique taproom farmhouse experience here. Uh, that was our entire intent to build while also balancing can releases in the mix every week. You know, where we have some really interesting new beers coming out all across the flavor spectrum. You know, always carrying a nice selection of lagers, seasonal farmhouse saisons, you know. Darker beers, some barrel-aged beers, some mixed fermentation magic, beers. That, course, Mitch, that magic beer. word, you, 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 that you perked Pete, right up. <laughs> Peter perked right up when he heard Saison. Oh, sorry, you said Saison? Yeah, yeah. He gets, that, he gets a little the, tingle. Uh, package. Yeah, I said I think I threw a Saison in that, yes. uh, that care package. You know, I wanted to represent a little bit of the fun spectrum of beer. And you know, that's what I tried to do here. Oh, Yeah. Right. So it's going to be dry experience. with a little Saison in it. So, yeah, yeah. Pete, Pete's already checking it out. He's already earmarked that for the next beer going <laughs> in the glass. Maybe. Uh, maybe. Perhaps. Maybe. Perhaps. Uh, I, I want to back up for a minute. You, you In 2018, you guys started this. Did you guys have jobs before? Did you guys work at breweries before? Like, where did that start where you decided, hey, we're going we're gonna to open a brewery? 
Yeah, so I had had some experience in brewing. Um, I had, you know, I, I attributed to some early travels throughout Europe, kind of getting a knack for or interest in beer at an early age that kind of got me into home brewing in college. And then uh, early on, kind of switching careers and, and going full into the uh, brewing rabbit hole. So I ended up going to the Siebel Institute of Technology in Chicago. and Ah, uh, ah my alma mater. Oh, great. Cheers, Got man. the hat on today, too. Did, oh, you do? Wow, look at <laughs> you. He didn't plan it, I promise, Greg. He didn't plan it. Here, look, there you go. Here he is with his hat. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah, go. so, you know, through that, got a chance to, to learn and brew and, and do some exploring in Germany and uh, Belgium and, you know, get a sense of brewing history and traditional styles and, um, you know, having an opportunity to, to create something that's truly unique here in Coltsneck that can give a taste of, you know, beers from all over with our own little local touch in a, you know, what's I think a very important aspect of our business model is also the experience and how we deliver it. Uh, whether it's the, the farmhouse, you know, reclaimed building space that we're in or the mm-hmm. glassware uh, or, you know, just everything kind of boils down to the details that create an atmosphere where, you know, you can bring a family, um, you know, it can have space for dogs, space for private parties, uh, space for adults only, whether it's indoor, outdoor and our, our two level space here. It's, it's really designed around and enjoying the entire beer drinking experience. And, you know, of course, a lot of the emphasis and foundation is on making the quality beer to begin with. So, yeah. you know, I'm sitting up here now in our, our second level mezzanine with a little bird's eye view until the, the, <laughs> nice. the, the next room. I like he's got a mezzanine to his brewery. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got some great sunsets if you walk out these back mm-hmm. set of French up here. Um, really beautiful beer garden space and uh, it continues to to kind of thrive and grow out there as we get some good new um tables for picnic uh space area get the lawn in there some shade coverage and new astroturf space with some some fire pits and yeah becoming a cool space out there to hang out so let me give you the 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 first-hand experience on my end and then we can we could you know rocket it off from there uh, so I'm in New Jersey for a um, a birthday and then uh, New Year's I was it was New Year's Eve I was at source um, and was picking up some beer for the New Year's Eve festivities uh, had a, a great time, um, walked, well, first of all, you know, threw it in the GPS, easy drive right off a of main road. Uh, they have their own, what it looks like a compound, right, Greg? It's like you have the distillery just off to your, uh, to closer to the highway. You're set a little further back. Sprawling building, like you said, reclaimed farmhouse, really cool atmosphere inside, a lot of reclaimed wood and, and uh, information that you can find about the brewing system and all that stuff. Um when you walk up, there's uh, tables off to your right, and then there's a little sitting area in front of the bar. So then he was mentioning before, it's split up where there's an adults-only spot upstairs. So there's a good amount of space down there for the kids and everything else, which is who I had with me, unfortunately. Uh, <laughs> but then it, the space upstairs was beautiful. I walked up there, took a look around where he is now. Uh, awesome porch. Outdoors, you know, it was a little chilly, New Year's Eve. Um Warmer than usual, but it was chilly. And, you know, like he said, sprawling area, lots of room for growth and expansion. You could have festivals out there. Some really cool spots. And the fact that the distillery is there, you know, you can make like a nice big, you know, you know, conjoined collaboration festival. Uh, beer list was extravagant. You know, I think it was something like over 18 beers on tap. Greg, am I right around that? 
Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. We maxed out around 24 beers here on tap. That's, yeah, that's like, a lot of taps. Tanks firing that's a lot and, of taps. and everything. Yeah. I mean, I saw there, there was definitely like, I think a cider, a guest tap cider or something of that nature. Um, we do a, we do an in, in-house seltzer. And, and we, in, an in-house seltzer, yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the so selection like, is pretty broad, which is awesome. But the, the amount of uh, variation in the in the beer that they had between Saison and Blondes and like four different variants of IPAs, um, of juicy, hazy, dry, single, double, it, it was phenomenal. I stayed away from the, I think it was a triple on tap at that time. Uh, I stayed that's, away from that. I had to drive. Jam. Yeah, yeah, it is my jam, but I had to drive like another twenty he's, minutes he's away. Usually, that's the first one out. Okay, yeah. I'll go with the trouble. Yeah. No, I'm not kidding. That's usually the first one locked and loaded for sure. Um, but I mean, just just the amount of uh, different beers on tap. So that's the one right there that I had. Uh, sources. Uh, wait, wait, which one is that? It's the yeah, sources is happiness or happiness. Um, okay. Yeah. One I had uh, from New Year's, and then you sent the others. Uh, and, and like I said, you know, what we've been noticing on social media is a, a lot of different variations of stuff coming out. And that's great because I love my IPAs, but I don't want the same IPA over and over again. Mm-hmm. I want to try a little more piney, a little juicy, a little hazy, and then maybe get into something a little low-cal, not low-cal, but low-ABV, low-cal. Um, but that's it. You know, like having that variation was important for an IPA drink. And you guys really hit that on the nose when I went in there and I had my selection, it made the decision hard. That's the hardest thing. Like, which IPA am I going to have? I'm only going to have like two beers because I have to drive away. How, which ones am I going to pick? And the other ones I took with me. So, and you guys, um, you know, you, you were explaining the space. How did you acquire the farmhouse? So we were uh, looking in this kind of uh, Colts Neck general area. At the time I was living in Asbury Park. Um, my partner, Phil, was living in Howell. And uh, so it's kind of like the, you know, in between the areas that we lived yeah. and also kind of an underserved um, town for breweries at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's been some new breweries that have opened in the general vicinity since then, you know, which is awesome. But I think, you know, they could definitely have used a brewery in that general area. So that's kind of where our eyes were looking in terms of like what real estate was available. Right. Once we isolated a, a property or two in Colts like that, we then visited, uh, we were kind of uh you know made to look at an area that they were trying to develop as their central like you know business corridor you know it's not very yeah. developed too much in ter- commercially here in Colts it's very residential very uh farm golf course equestrian um but you know this was the, the kind of the area that they did want to have the businesses lean to so we were shown um you know kind of the property that we're in now and you know, a couple old silos with an old patina on yep. them, and, uh, you know, haylofts that we, you know, we're looking about removing and, and working with, you know, the wood to create tables and the front face of our bar. And, you know, oh, we were kind of just putting the pieces together. We could put the brew house here, the bar could go here. So, you know, all the stars really aligned. And as you guys mentioned before, the, you know, the distillery next door. Yeah. You know, unaffiliated business. They right. were under construction at the time too. They had actually subdivided the property that we're on now from the previous owner, which was uh, you know, we're only the third owners to ever have the building. It goes back to like the Civil War. Wow! Oh, Holy shit! shit. Yeah, a dairy barn. So, what is the population of ghosts on the property? Currently? <laughs> <laughs> a lot of a uh, lot of old. Uh, years past i guess yeah. like, <laughs> we, we started hanging up the some of our cans that show our artwork along mm-hmm. some of the beams just you know and it got to a point where we 
got too high up on the ladder to, to get risky to hang him anymore. So we got about a, a year stretch hung up and um, <laughs> it's now they're just, uh, you know, coming out new and, you know, we'll bring back some, some favorite beers from time and time again. Like, yeah. The but the place isn't haunted. <laughs> More importantly, no, no haunting. Okay. It's all positive vibes here now. No. <laughs> Maybe they're cool, like hippie for ghosts. That'd be awesome. Hey, hey yeah. man, you have a beer, bro. <laughs> I um, I, I like I said, the, the the space was amazing. It was nighttime when I was there, uh, but we we were able to kind of walk around a little bit and. Yeah, I mean, how is the benefit of having the distillery right there on the same kind of plot? I mean, is it working out? Are you guys working together? How's that? How's that relationship? Yeah, it's pretty great. I mean, you gotta think it's cool to have a, a related business that you know generates interest in the area overall. And you know, we're both right next door to Delicious Orchards, which is yep. in a huge you know point of interest long before either of us were there. Think about so, the potential of going like out east in Riverhead and having a brewery and a distillery all within walking distance of where you're picking apples, or where exactly. you're doing your pumpkin picking and all you that. Can stuff. Make those activities a lot more tolerable. That's that, sure, <laughs> yes. that makes driving home very, very uh, <laughs> well, precarious. It, it's a little different in New Jersey. Like things are east, west, north, south. So you can you know, there's, there's a lot of open land there where you can just ditch your car in a, <laughs> in a field and everything will be, everyone will be all right. It'll be okay. All right, kids, just grab some ears of corn and let's go. Okay, kids, uh, take a little nap. Here we go. <laughs> I'll be back with the gas can in a few minutes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Um, so you guys, uh, you know, obviously uh, had the experience walking into this. You opened in 2018. Give us the experience of that first kind of opening weekend and, and how those, uh, how the people and the, and the community came out and uh Bring us up until COVID because I did, we've been talking to everybody, obviously, over the last few years about, you know, what COVID did to their business. So bring us up until that point from opening to COVID. Sure. Yeah, we had a, a ton of support from the community uh, and, and then what became our regulars and customers and, you know, friends that we see coming in every day here. But, you know, we had a, a good ribbon cutting ceremony. We actually did a hot vine cutting ceremony. Nice. Cool. Very uh, nice. A lot of people showed out and, and our, you know, grand opening lines out the door um there's a couple times during our our first six months where we had to close down because we were out of beer and had to wait (laughs) for it all finish up and you know you kind of brew those initial beers for when you launch and you're like okay you know we've got some beers to go and uh you know it's going to take several weeks to back it up so we after the you know grand opening we just started hitting the gas and haven't really stopped hitting the gas since all those tanks full you know we're undergoing a little bit of a, a bump out with our uh, footprint to kind of engulf our driveway and get a few more tanks in here. But um, yeah, we, you know, so we, we were focused uh, on the tap room experience, as I mentioned before, and hadn't done any canning in the first six months of being open and, you know, always thought at some point we'd, we'd get into canning and, yeah. you know, maybe we do like our, a beer that we do every, you know, so often and kind of lead with that and, we had a decision to make when everything shut down during the pandemic in the tap room where we we're getting like 98% of our sales. And we just, you know, we called in mobile canning company, Ironheart. And, and oh, they yeah. bring- I was going to say Ironheart does East coast. Uh, they're here up in New York and long Island as well. They're everywhere. They, they're like, uh, they have locations. Ever- they have like mobile units in all States. What are they? They've got territories. Yeah. yeah territories. You no, know, you get a crew assigned to you on your, your territory and, yeah, they're great. They come in, um, 
you know, we, we coordinate all the supply chain stuff that we need and they come in and, and bring a couple skilled operators to get the job done. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, we emptied all the tanks that we had beers in and we were, you know, we set up a, an online kind of pre-sale situation and we were, we were really fortunate and had a ton of support and beers sold out, um, you know, all the beers and, we ended up crashing the website a, a few times. And, uh, there you go. All the Some good, of those good all problems. Good problems to have. <laughs> yeah. So we, you know, we're like, let's go. Let's uh, let's continue to just brew as if nothing happened. And you know, rather than put all the beer into kegs and, and serve them over the draft, we're in it. At the time, we, you know, there was no tap room, so it was all going into cans. And yeah. you no, know, that's what it really showed. Like, okay, well, we have a bunch of people who would be getting our cans, and we built uh, a list of. You know, thousands of people that get alerts each week yeah. for what people coming out and Fridays, every Friday at 9 a.m., new beers come out. You get fed uh, pictures of the, the beer, the artwork, and a nice detailed description of, of what's going to be coming out that Friday and the, you know, the, the days leading up. And then you'll get the alert and then you can go in and reserve your beer and then come pick up at the brewery. Now, you uh, guys so are... are fairly well known for your artwork uh who does this is this an in-house person you outsource this who's kind of keeping you know the logo throughout but you have you know your branding right you got your thing on the back which tells you the the beer and what it's fermented with and some information about it so is you guys are consistent with your brand who's taking care of all that yeah it's um you know we got a very talented artist that we work with uh she works kind of exclusively through us uh or, or with us rather and as like a freelance you know side gig for her she's very talented and does it professionally and you know she works with my partner phil yeah and, uh, who's got a great marketing mind and you know we all kind of bounce ideas about the names and you know kind of feed some mood images of what we're thinking about visuals and what we want to convey to the customer about what may be in the beer, what to expect flavor wise, uh, experience wise. So that kind of go all goes into it. And now that we've got such a great rhythm, it's, it's really easy communication the way we have it all set up. And, you know, she really understands, she gets the brand. She's, she's kind of been with us from the beginning, kind of really um, interesting how we met actually was through during the demolition process here at the barn using the, the reclaimed wood, mm. um, husband was a table manufacturer out of philadelphia hmm. and just overheard phil and i talking about looking for an artist and said hey my my wife does that i think she'd be really interested in, in working with a brewery like you guys um you know should i connect you and turned out she was perfect and she's been awesome you haven't looked back since that's got to be a home run if you're an artist yeah. and all of a sudden you get a brewery you know like that Base, you know, it, especially one that's putting out so many beer, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah so you're constantly, often, right? you know, putting together collaborations between, you know, the the beer and the the style and and the look and everything. It's it's especially if you like beer, it's got to be fantastic to constantly have that, you know, source of creativity uh, getting into the brew house and and your work's going out there. You guys uh, have, um, you know, expanded. Uh, past Colts Neck, no, you were talking before uh, you guys are in Philadelphia itself. Uh, big Eagles fans? Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I, I'm a big Eagles fan. Uh, Bill's Giants fan. Yeah, I, I was in Philly last night, actually, at the... Oh, boy. 
Yeah, Fishtown location. It was a rough one. You know. Yeah, I mean, how many cars you see flipped over? Sucked out of the room towards the uh, end of the evening as <laughs> yeah. people were looking out their check. So, um, yeah, I am an Eagles fan. All right. Uh, season, but you know, it was a good, good season game. regardless. Good I mean, for for the viewers, you know, good high scoring, close game came down to the end of it. But uh, yeah, the the spirits were low in in Philly, but. Yeah. How many um, greased up uh, uh, poles did you see on the way home? <laughs> Fishtown was pretty tame. All right, you know, good. At least that I saw. It was right next to 95, so I kind of hopped on and got the hell out of Dodge. I didn't go storming the, the city hall. I didn't you, want to. Uh, I wanted to avoid that. Yeah. You, are you guys near the uh, barcade over in Fishtown? Yeah, actually, that's a great landmark. We're right across the street from it. Oh Holy shit! That smokes, man. That's a home run right yeah. there. <laughs> hell yeah. Uh, yeah, we're sandwiched, you know, not too far in between some different breweries and, and cool locations oh, right nice. on the corner of Frankfurt and Girard. You got, you know, other halves not too far. Um, That's right. Yes. Urban Village. Oh, they've really expanded. Uh, huh? And that used to be the old, uh, the other half. It used to be the old uh, freaking um, uh, Goose Island. Goose that. Island. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, wow. It was the old Goose Island. And then when COVID uh. hit, they, they fucking, yeah, we're out. Yep. So tell me, uh, Greg, a little bit about how you guys handle COVID. I knew we were kind of talking about the cans and everything like that. Um, you hear the news comes out, everything's shutting down. What was the vibe? What was the the, the plan? What did you guys do to kind of make it through that uh, weather the storm, we'll say? Well, I, I would say the, uh, you know, the ability that we had to leverage, like, some online platforms and, and use our audience list to uh, get yeah. people to, you know, really the, the laws that allowed us to – you know, if we can't have a tap room to at least be able to sell, you know, have people come and pick up beers. You know, we had a whole elaborate, you know, standing outside behind glass windows with masks on and like scanning QR codes through the glass panes. And, you know, we remember those every, days. Everybody had weird all time, right? Yeah. Going on. It was weird time. Yeah. But, um, now, you know, what, if what anything, I it showed us that we could you know, we hit that there was demand out there for the cans and that we could weather That's something it. like that. Yep. So it really was a good perspective shift that I think, um, you know, once you open Pandora's box and show that you can do both. Oh, there's no going back after that. And have cans on a regular, you know, basis featuring cool art and interesting concepts and different collabs. And, and great beer. You, know, you, you definitely are like, all right, well, I can do that. And uh, if that happens, you know, we we got this, this core group of people who – love what we do and come out and support us whether it's enjoying it in our tap room here or even if it's just taking four packs uh to go which is what i did especially i knew that they were available so i went oh what am i going to select today uh, get a beer or two a little sample of the merchandise and then take some to go for the little party at home it was very nice now what have you guys experienced between the two different states I mean, we've heard all the craziness oh, God, about, all Jersey. The about Jersey. Oh, how God. how is Pennsylvania? You know, they've. Uh, I think they. There's probably a reason that they have more beer produced there than I think <laughs> in any other state, or at least it's by capita, per capita. Um, it's definitely been, you know, pretty easy. I think each probably subregion may have their own, like you know, the city of Philadelphia may have their own kind of restrictions from from. Um, greater pennsylvania but no it's definitely they they have some things i think in pennsylvania new york state um our neighbors here in new jersey that 
have a little bit more lax uh, and and I shouldn't say lax. I should say brewery, small brewery. A less regulated environment. Yeah. <laughs> less restrictive. Yeah. Really, uh, you know, realizing what kind of positive impact that these cool small breweries can have on a town. Yeah. Um, in, in so many different ways and just at least trying to get parity with, you know, the states around us when, you know, our, if the, the consumer's money is just getting, you know, that tax revenue is going out of state, it seems like it's in the interest of local lawmakers to kind of at least get us on even ground with some of those other, um, you know, beers that are coming in from out of state. Sounds like Greg's given a pitch for the next board meeting. Well, <laughs> well, you know what? I mean, if you think where where they are in Fishtown, that's yeah. like, I mean, that's like a little destination right yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. I know if I'm going into Philly, I'm going over in that area. Mm. You know, if I'm going to be in, in the vicinity, I'm heading over there. And if they make it not as restrictive like Jersey does, yeah, hell yeah. you know, where you can't maybe have a game on or you can't have live music because you only allowed so many, yeah. It's it's strange to us because we've interviewed a ton, Greg, of of New Jersey breweries. We've had w- one of your uh, closest relatives alternate ending um, on the show at uh, AC Beer Fest. We've had Twin Lights on. I mean, it can keep going. Cypress, Fort Blair Nonsense, uh, South For- South Forty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just a bunch of them. Um, you know, they all say the same thing. It, it's that pitch to like government, like, dude, look how much money New Jersey breweries are bringing in. Look at the outpour. And the popularity of the yep. breweries that are there, yep. why are you still holding us back when neighboring uh, states like New York and Pennsylvania Absolutely. don't have the strict you know, laws? And the only thing we can think of, and you can agree to this or not, is that the, the restaurant labor uh, unions lobby. or lobby, yeah. thank you, not, yeah. I was saying lobby unions, labor unions, those lobbyists, right, uh, really have a strong hold on government. Do you, do you think that's the truth? Do you think it's just some other reason? You know, there... <sighs> They're probably, they're probably, it, it all ends up financial interest at the end of the day, I'm assuming, you know, they pro- mm. get, get tangled up in the politics and, uh, you know, you can see how, how long or, or inefficient that may be to get all sorted out. But uh, we try to keep our heads down and focus just there on you go. great the politician uh, right here. Brew good beer. Know, great diplomatic come. answer. We like to insulate ourselves, yeah. you know, whether it's, it's one party or another. We try to be very, uh, you know, we we've, we've kind of worked with both sides, um, you know, not to the extent that we're, you know, actively involved, but you know, we try to um, total line philanthropic things, you know, and everyone and drinks beer regardless of political persuasion, right? Yeah. Anything like that, you know, other than sticking up for, you know, the other producers that are trying to do what we're trying to do, and yeah, um, but yeah, create, you know, trying to control our own destiny, and there you go. And, you know, stick up for what we're doing and also try to insulate ourselves by just kind of reaching out and directly building our uh, our audience and, and people who love drinking at the source. The follow-up question to that is, do you guys have contracts with local restaurants in the area to sell beer on tap? Yeah, we do have a uh, small self-distribution footprint okay. that we kind of, uh, you know, every other week or, you know, kind of depending with the time of year, um, We'll have some distro accounts, whether it's some liquor stores, bars, restaurants. Um, yeah, we do work with some and call them packies. Down that down down closer to Philly into like the 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 Maryland area. They're all packies. Got to go to the packy, pick up some beer. <laughs> um, you guys have? Uh, were you gonna you were gonna ask a question before? Oh yeah, no, I was just scrolling through the Instagram feed and seeing there's a ton of variety in in the stuff that comes out, but right? 
Uh, the one that stopped me on tracks, I'm not a huge fan of black IPAs, but yeah, like, the right. can art uh, on this one, Murdered Out, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, is just phenomenal. I think that's just the one of the coolest. It's so stand-ups. clean, right? Look it's how yeah. clean that is. The black, you know, shiny yeah. black can, and yeah. then the the black on black logo. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, I don't know. I'm I just glad like you that. appreciate it. Yeah, we we had to go through a lot of different proofs to get the the finish and contrast right. Had to get it to kind of be noticeable, but also subtle and and open the door to using black cans, which we've used a few times since then. But yeah, that was a fun one. It has like the, the, the matte, the yeah, matte, matte finish label with the, the shiny can. behind yeah. it is pretty free. Like I said, like black IPAs are not like, you know, but not you, a favorite you style, drink but, that I'd pro- but I'd probably buy the fucking, I'd of course you would, you metalhead. Because <laughs> that's just a cool fucking can. <laughs> You're like, yes, it's anything black, black metal. <laughs> black and metal, <laughs> it's, it's, it's that's, yours. That's yours. Black IPAs, suck it down, let's go. Give me another one. Uh, Greg, you guys, um, you know, obviously you made it through COVID. You did a lot of great stuff. Coming out of it, though, um, you know, what was what was the first, like, turnaround moment where you realized, all right, we're coming out of this, we're making headway, we're getting things done, and now we can open up our spot? You know, how was that feeling and, and kind of where did it bring you up to today? Yeah, so that was obviously a great feeling. You know, after all, most of our space, the usable space is outdoor, so when mm. the weather's great, uh, it's so much more space. People can just disappear and you feel like it's not crowded at all. And, you know, you can have families outside, like we mentioned with strollers, dogs, uh, and, yeah. and, you know, tons of people and, uh, all kind of in their own space and, and not on top of each other. So that's beautiful. And that works out. And then as you, you know, you can imagine the falls pretty busy with all the seasonal action, with all the orchards surrounding us and, you know, people, out and about doing fall stuff and getting their pumpkins and picking their picking up their apple pies and whatnot from Billy nice. <laughs> you know so it becomes quite a, a a compound i think as you mentioned you can say um cars uh filling a lot and sometimes we'll have to kind of monitor the door to to you know to space out some people coming in on those busy saturdays uh in like the september october november time so um yeah it's been it's been awesome being able to have that and then even have people being able to get some beers uh to go how's it been has it been lately uh with dry january and and coming into february now how's it been by you guys so we you know we've had a few calendars under our belt now all the few asterisks here and there but definitely noticed the dip in in january february just kind of as a you know I think it's a macro thing. level. It's, yeah, yeah everyone. It, uh, it kind of cools just like the weather does. Um, and then we've definitely seen the more temperate months, like when the spring starts to peak its head back out. People want to get back outside again. And, uh, you know, all your, your graduation parties and your weddings and just all that kind of excitement. And then the fall is a no-brainer with all the October fests. And yeah, nice. Football season and the, and the cool, crisp weather and, and the summer <laughs> It's just great because the weather's nice. We got the awesome outdoor space. Some people are on vacation. Some people are at the, you know, the beach, which is not too far from us. Mm-hmm. But you know, now uh, the uh, fish town. Do you have an outdoor area there? There is an outdoor area actually. It's oh cool. The city of Philadelphia has allowed some like semi-temporary structures to be built out there. Uh, that's I think partially to help out with the pandemic for some of the the places that have indoor shutdown. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yes, we do have a, an outdoor space. It's kind of put away during these cold months, but sure. we have some plans to kind of beef it up and invest a little bit more out there and, and get some uh, 
more semi-permanent structures and yeah. and some sound and plants and, and nice tables and like something astro what would you greg what would you say is the the like the hottest time and i don't mean temperature wise but you know like business wise at the colt's neck uh location what's like that one month where you're like that's the month that we're just gonna kill it that'll make up for january and Dry february january. months <laughs> yeah i would probably say um october oh September, okay october yeah and james james port who, yeah. who we had on was very similar yeah <clears throat> they yeah. were they like oh it's near the end of the year we'll be fine well our staff will only put a couple guys on next thing they know they're swamped they're closing the parking <laughs> buses lot buses are running in buses are pulling in <laughs> what the hell is going on yeah we have a, a brewery uh in the same kind of atmosphere that you guys are on yeah. it's out east and it's a farm brewery and yeah same thing it's right around that time where everyone's going out picking apples pumpkins picking, yeah and yep. doing all that stuff they're making yep. that journey out to those places and they get destroyed in those few months and that's really what helps them get through the whole year enough yep. that they can take uh vacations. no well t- take vacations to uh where they go new zealand new zealand yeah yes. mm-hmm. they, they have beautiful pictures that they were uh showing us so uh you guys you know obviously that that's kind of like a build-up over the summer i would assume you know january february slow time but when does that start picking up in the warmer months you said like april may sometime when the war- sun gets a little warmer and temperatures are coming up yeah, you start to see some excitement, you know, a little little peak with with uh, we do some special Valentine's Day beers, and then Ooh. really in uh, for St. Patrick's Day, uh, you know, you get the the excitement. Alcoholics, you can say it. Get all together <laughs> and drink. They're some, called Irishmen. Yeah, I, know, yeah, I know. I'm one of them. Nitro I understand. Dry Irish stouts and yeah. some uh, mm. nitro Irish reds and uh, oh. little. Wait, you, wait, did you just say nitro Irish red? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh we, we baby. <laughs> Got one in the tank right now. Oh, get out of oh, here. Holy you sh- well, you got to be ready, right? That's what. <laughs> this is true. We're only. Yeah, I'm on yeah. the way. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. It yeah. feels like it's flying by right What's, now. Uh, so you, you said October is a really good month for you. What are, you, what are your, uh, your favorite seasonal styles for. Uh, is this what? Steve's what, three I'm questions? Just, no, it's Pete's one fucking <laughs> yeah. question. Pete's one question. question. <laughs> Pete's 16 questions. <laughs> so in the, in the greatest of all beer drinking months, you know, October, right. you probably. Are gonna lean on your your German lagers there, and we d- we like to have our Lucas side faucets stacked with German style lagers for our new Oktoberfest celebration. Hey, nice Keep side pours for everybody. Yeah, so we like to have a nice crispy, dry, hoppy German style Pilsner. We like to have a Munich style Helles. Mm. Um, we get a we have a fest beer and then a a, a more traditional Marzen. Uh, okay. side by side just to kind of show the little nuance between the more you know modern fest beer and the uh more traditional marzen so i think having a a nice little fleet of beers low six percent and under that are uh really clean lagered for a long time serving in the the half liter mugs nice leader nice. oh, yeah. hosen you know i think that's, that's definitely a fun time of year that i look forward to yeah man uh, dr- beer drinking in its truest form no, no, no wait, wait so greg uh uh pete just called me a, an asshole <laughs> as i did <laughs> and so it's under <laughs> under a breath because as you're talking about the lagers i'm like well i know they sent me a lager and you have a Polish style lager. We're going to get into the beers in a little bit, but uh, you know they're like, why didn't you start off why with that? Why are we, that? Why are we, why are we sitting here drink, <laughs> drinking IPA? Because a lot of 
beer. Because I like Not- IPAs, and that's what I wanted to start with. And these Two are delicious. The here is very much alive. I, 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 I understand that, but I'm just saying, <laughs> deliciousness happens. I am annoyed. <sighs> I know. Well, we still have plenty of beer to go. You said, I understand that. Some great stuff here. We, we were we were on I, the I'm path. I'm enjoying the IPAs. Yes. We were on that path, and it was beautiful. Path and then we have a saison, and we have another IPA. No, so now we're going down. We're making the right turn. That's turn okay. That's all right. We'll go right down the hill. We'll be good. I am enjoying the IP. The uh, both the IPAs yes. are 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 really good. I'm Delicious. not minimizing that, but yeah. God damn it, I would have liked to. Start, start with, with that fucking logger. Okay, well, <laughs> listen, we'll work our way down to that. How about that? And I don't mean that in a bad way. <laughs> I mean, that's what I got in my here, the wing to SARS. Oh, yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> that would have been our, nice, uh, huh? <laughs> we, we I bet our, it's delicious. Again, we have a can here. It's not like we don't have any beer guess here. What, guess what? What, what, what? Guess what? You could drink your IPAs. I will. Peter and I are going to drink beautiful Listen to me. Get out of here. Daddy likes a good crispy boy, yeah, too. Yeah, you're going right. to get a crispy boy. <laughs> yeah, all right. Uh, Greg, so you guys, uh, you know, obviously Source a- has done some great things over the last few months, and even you know since the start, gone through some hurdles, opened up a new location in Fiskill. Uh, what? Ha- f- oh, sorry, uh, what I say? Fishtown. Fishtown. Did I say yeah. Fiskill? Yeah. Oh, like I'm thinking upstate New York. Yeah. yeah, my bad. That's why I was like, wait a minute, they got third place. <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> they're, they're really expanding. Um, so you guys uh, obviously have done some uh, great things with the brew house. Tell us a little bit about the uh, the equipment that you guys are working on now, and then if you can elaborate on that expansion you were talking about. Yeah, absolutely. So we are we have a ten barrel alpha system. It's um, two vessel with a, a hot liquor tank on a long platform and, and like three in a row, and then our fermentation tanks we've got uh, at the moment four 20 barrel tanks that will double batch into along with two 10 barrel tanks uh and then we have a 20 barrel bright tank four 10 barrel bright tanks and then two 20 barrel lagering tanks oh there we go that's a lot of stainless that's a lot of lagers that's a lot of stainless <laughs> what, are, what, are, what are you guys uh, looking to put with in? The, uh, with the expansion plan, we should be able to. I mean, everything I just rattled off, except for the uh, the four ten barrel serving tanks, which are behind the bar, is in like a thirty by thirty room here in our, our brew house. Yep, uh, brew house and cellar. And with this new little expansion, we will be able to effectively almost double our like fermentation capacity in terms of like barrelage so and not it doesn't take a huge footprint you know to do that so some additional bright tanks we want to do uh, as well as additional lagering tanks so that we can kind of there we go that's what we wanted to hear keep the brew deck coming but and, and then let some some you know beers that take more time just get out of the pipeline and develop and and rest and then additional bright tanks will allow us to kind of you know, stagger in stage and, and beers that take different amounts of time to, to come to completion, give them somewhere to rest. Those four uh, barrel serving tanks behind the bar is cool. It reminded me a little bit of uh, Six Harbors where the tanks are right there behind where they're serving. Kind of adds like to the kinda backdrop. like Circa too. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm. it, it kind of provides a nice little okay. backdrop that you're getting beer and you feel the average person would feel like they're just getting the beer right off the tank. You know, it just has that closeness, that, that coziness of, of getting beer right there. It's uh, it's cool. So, are you thinking about moving those? Are those going into the expansion? Uh, yeah. So, actually, we originally got them as serving tanks to be behind the bar because we wanted that feel where you are, you know, in a brewery getting it, drinking fresh from, you know, at the source. That's mm-hmm. kind of the whole premise. Right. Behind. 
And those tanks, uh, you know, right behind the bar, those first tanks were feeding to the first four taps when we opened all until the shutdown. And then we needed to use those tanks to package from mm -hmm. rather than letting them, you know, have 10 barrels or the equivalent of 20 kegs of beer pouring on tap, which, you know, if the floodgates were open in the tap room, that would be one thing. But with the tap room closed, you know, those tanks were, were utilized, uh, you know, we're carbonating it and putting it in kegs and selling it on Fridays. It's good so. to have those around, huh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> no. yeah, they came in handy, and, and that's yeah. kind of what we're going to do with this expansion. And, you know, with the 10-barrel size, too, it allows us to do beers that are more, uh, you know, we can really fill out any any gaps that we may perceive in an mm. upcoming draft list to like plug that. some seasonality and some color and some ABV. And, you know, we like to have beers that uh, we have some mixed fermentation, bread beers, some fruited beers, some dark beers, some lagered beers, you know, everything, some seasonal stuff. And if you have so, 24 tap lines, I mean, you got to keep it varied. You can't have, you know, eight IPAs, 15 IPAs, <laughs> four stouts. Well, you can go to other half of that, but here you're going to get everything, which is beautiful. The, yeah. uh, the whole lineup, and I, I said this before, you know, was a, a great variation from beer style to beer style. I think you had at the time a German lager on. I think that was my other beer, if I'm not mistaken. But, you know, from that to an IPA, you know, you don't get that in every tasting room. And that was the, no. the key to this is being able to kind of jump from one to the next and having that variation to go from a, a stout to a, a red Irish ale back over then. Nitro. Nitro, sorry. <laughs> uh, back over to like a nice double IPA and then simmer it down a little bit on some, you know. Well, you wouldn't know because you only had two lager. beers. I, no, I understand that, but I, I took two others to go. All right, that's fine. Listen, that's I, fine. I, I did my share in supporting local business. Sure. Now, you guys still using the mobile canner, or do you, did you guys purchase your own? Yeah, we're still using them. Um, so we, we've we got a, a weekly thing with, with Ironheart where they come in every Tuesdays and get us canned up. Um, so now is that yeah, both locations? The expansion plan, but uh, that's you know we're working with Ironheart, you know, on a weekly basis right now, and you know they've done a great job for us. I'll expand on that question, Steve. So, do you have brewing capacity at both locations? Uh, yes and no. So the 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 stuff in in Fishtown, they actually do have a basement with a brewery in it. It was formerly, you know, a, a brewery before uh, we had the opportunity to move in. Who was there? So, it was called Fishtown Brew Pub. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they, they brewed were, their own uh, beer there. Okay, it's like a corner spot with some apartment buildings above, and there's a basement. And in the basement was some brewing equipment uh, with no real ability to kind of make good beer and replace it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, without getting into the nitty gritty, <laughs> yeah. uh, it kind of you know wouldn't have been to the caliber or even ability sure. To, sure. to really make certain beer styles. Um, mm. So we, we may have some ideas for that space uh, in the in in the time to come. We ha we do have the ability and license to to brew there. So um, yeah, yeah so that, we, but that it's a big problem to get to get the existing equipment out. I guess is that kind of the yeah, and you know there's some some stuff uh, you know on the roof, and we, we there's no ability to actually get the stuff in the basement out. Cut right. the floor oh, joists or or just completely yeah, it, cut it, it in cut pieces. The, put it in, and then like you know space put above, and uh, oh wow, wow man, there's there's some some non-starter things that, uh, <laughs> yeah. that's unfortunate uh, we have to cut the floor joist non-starter take it off the table <laughs> it's done <laughs> not happening. where it is <laughs> you'd be make it a museum if you like well, you can do things and with it it'll speak easy or something i mean uh, right now i'm sure it's used for storage cut, and stuff but you cut them up and you hang them from pieces <laughs> decorative <laughs> decorative make you know. it make a latrine out of it yeah well, i've seen that many times. i've seen that plenty of times 
Um, so it, let's talk about Fishtown for a moment and the, the difference in licensing between the New Jersey and the Pennsylvania. Did you have to go through an arduous process to get the Fishtown location going? Is it an easier process to get your licensing through them? And, and what made you guys go there? Yeah, like what was the draw? Yeah, so um, it was they, they didn't make it too arduous. Um, in fact, it was it was never something that we set out, um, you know, particularly honing in on Philadelphia. Although it was definitely within uh, you know radar of uh, you know I'm uh, you know I'm from Northern Delaware and then and uh, Pennsylvania after that for a good part of my life. Uh, as we talked about, I'm being an Eagles fan, um, so Philly's has always been kind of the the city close to home for mm. me. Um, and you know, just a great place to be positioned in the brewing industry and kind of not far from the hub of, uh, you know, farmhouse here in Coltsnack. So it was definitely within striking range or radius, uh, of something, you know, opportunity that we'd be interested in. So when one came kind of across our, uh, you know, before us during the pandemic, Mm. uh, we, we were like, well, you know, it was a beautiful space Mm -hmm. and it renovations had been done uh very recently we really just had to give our own look and feel coat of paint and here and there we, we did completely re you know gut and, and put in our own uh draft system that kind of matches what we do here in colt's neck and um and how many you know, caps you have there with uh you know within making the decision to being open for business was about four months so it was uh it was a cool cool thing to take on during the pandemic and it was a great place for us to get some more awareness in the city of philadelphia that is great beer drinking uh city yeah great people there uh, a lot of nightlife foot traffic very different a lot from of alcoholics <laughs> yeah very, very different from what we're doing here in colsec but the underlying thing being like the cool experience the historic building uh the attention to detail with the beer and then what's unique about the uh Fishtown location, uh, which we call Source Urban Brewery. You know, it's a, it's more of a, a narrow, uh, very comfortable, uh, upscale kind of casual, uh, you know, pub experience that we have. Mm. Uh, great, great food coming out of the kitchen there. Oh, nice. Um, 24, 24 a, taps there also? Yeah, we've got 24 taps Jesus there also. Christ. Um, some award-winning food. We had a, a three Michelin star sh- executive chef kind of set up our food Fuck. program what? there. And, <laughs> Wait, uh, what? More yeah, details. More details. <laughs> Pete, Pete's burgers. kind of the connoisseur of the food here. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really elevates the, the experience when you can incorporate some food. Something that we can't really do here in Colts Neck, but I think when you can work in the food pairing or, or just be a, you know, at an ultimate, um, comfort level where you don't feel like you need to, mm. you know, go out and get some food or, or, you know, order a pizza or something. You can just kind of relax, get some awesome and creative food served that is thoughtfully put together and presented to, to go with your beer. And, um, you know, something that we are really proud of and it's been awesome to be able to, to work out. Uh, it's been over a year now. It was a year in August since, We've been open there. Oh, cool! And, um, you know, since then we've had a we've been invited to the New York City uh, Wine and Food Festival. Wow, nice! That's an awesome time, we, man. Um, we got a chance to compete in their the Burger Bash. Ah, and, um, we you know took first place in the People's Choice for best burger, and then in New York City, which I think we we're the only person not from or you know only 
establishment outside of New York City to be in the in the contest. So that was well. I guess was, I'm going to Fishtown. Yeah. <laughs> Got a new There's destination. There's a fucking burger with a whole soft shell crab on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the food's pretty mouth watering. I would say it's fantastic. There, plan your dinner or lunch around it. We do brunch on on the weekends. Plan your weekend around Just it. Just fucking look. At I it. know. I Which, see it. And that could, yeah, that's amazing. That I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. With the the food is looks like it's a destination for for damn sure. Um, Greg, I want we have a uh, a segment coming up in just a minute, and I really want to get into these beers because we are enjoying the uh, the Polish lager right now. Um, I got to say goodbye really quick to Instagram, um, so we can use my phone to play some uh, music. So Instagram, check us out in a few minutes. Um, so. I want to uh, quickly just discuss uh, a few things about. Uh, I don't know. Now, now I lost my train of thought as I'm trying to. Uh, well, because you're drinking too much. No, I no, mean, no. Because I'm trying to do two things at once. That's really what it is. I'm just staring at it again. It looks like a whole crab is going to walk off the burger. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> and you're 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 pleasantly. Uh, it looks it looks delicious. <laughs> <laughs> We're stacking up the beers too, just so you see, Greg. Uh, oh, yeah. No, this the Polish lager is delightful. Uh, beer flavored beer, like crisp, clean, nice and dry. Mm. Yummy, yummy. Yeah, beer flavored beer for sure. Yeah. yeah. A take on a Polish lager with a, a little, you know, thumbprint of central New Jersey terroir, if you will. We have some, uh, it's, it's all New Jersey grown and malted Pilsner malt as the base. And then the hops are, uh, featuring Polish Lebelski and Slovenian steel. Box, so. oh, nice. the big Le- Lebowski. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, that should be the name of the next this, beer. This with is, us, when my peoples come. Yeah. <laughs> those, those are my peoples. Those are my peoples. The Polacks. I, I bet you there's a beer name for that. Yeah, I'm sure yeah. you probably already missed out yeah. on that one for sure. Um, That'd be great. Uh, my, my question. That's what it was. I knew what my question was. So you you said you uh are, you know Upper Delaware, Lower Pennsylvania area. I got to ask everyone that says anything related to Delaware. Have you ever heard of Bob's Old Beds? Bob's Old Beds. Oh, you did? You go back to this again? I am. I am. I got to, uh, anyone that talks about freaking Delaware, you got to go to I Bob's Old Beds. Is it something that they were, you know, put a lot of commercials on or like like warehouse buildings I've made, have driven by? Yeah, they, uh, I know. It doesn't bring too much of a bell. Maybe just the, the image. So it's, it's during, you know, driving down, I don't know if it's 95 or one of the back roads uh, that parallels 95 and... It is a uh, old, like what looks like a um, a general store, and then it it says Bob's Old Beds on the outside, and it has hundreds of bed frames out in like the the pasture. The they're they're everywhere. Like so, you you know it if you saw it, but it, no, you know, I don't think I, I haven't checked yeah. that place out yet. No, yeah, I, gotta, I don't know if you can I even Google search out. it because it was out of business at this point. But for the most part. <laughs> One of those things that, like, it you know, it leaves a lasting impression. It's core memory, core memory, folks. <laughs> uh, Buddy at work is lives in Delaware, so yeah. I'm googling him if he's heard of Bob. Yeah, old Beds. you got to you got to text street. him. You ever hear of Bob's old beds? I had a buddy that lived down uh, in Delaware, and we spent the uh, weekend there uh, back in college, and we had a house party. But I remember I have a picture somewhere um, with me in front of the old general store. It says Bob's old beds on the top. I got to, fi- I got to, f- uh, fish that out and, uh, put that up on our Instagram to show people that Bob's old bed has actually existed. Uh, Greg, we got a segment coming up. Uh, we got some questions for you. 
and uh, we're going to take just a uh, well, I want to say commercial break, but we'll we'll get through this uh, quick skilly dabba doo bop, and uh, we'll be right back with uh, Steve's three questions. Very special presentation. Three questions with our very own Steve Pominski. Yeah. Steve's questions. Three questions from Steve. Three questions. Steve's questions go. Skit scat scooty bat I knew he'd be back in before the skilly scat skilly side will come back in. Uh, so, uh, Greg, we got some, uh, well, uh, not we, Steve has uh, a couple of questions for you uh, in our segment called Steve's Three Questions. Few questions. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. So we're going to go one at a time because uh, if I give you all three, uh, it becomes a uh, shit show. And, uh, but starting out with number one, what was that first beer? What was that one beer that turned you on to craft beer that you said, all right, something's going on here. I, I, I need to know more about this and and how you know what, what else out there is this great okay uh yeah so there you know a few came to mind but the one that really stands out to me uh i would say i, I was 17 years old in Ooh. a square in brussels and i plucked a, a warm bottle of beer off the wall at the beer museum because they allowed me to buy it at age 17 and it looked cool, and it, it was 10% ABV, and uh, I tried it, and it was a Trappist Rochefort 10, and, mm. and that <laughs> really kind of... Have not had that answer. How uh, spoiled are you at 17 <laughs> yeah, <right? laughs> to have a Trappist beer in, in in the country of origin? I just like that we've had guys go, yeah, it's uh, you know, Magic Head number nine, <laughs> Sierra, Sierra Nevada. Nevada. He's, uh, he's got a Rochefort. Yeah. You know, it, it planted a seed before it was even. It was too early to even uh, take hold at that point, but it, it was there nonetheless. Mm. There was definitely this year in Mata Pale Ale. Uh, you know, after after that in waves, but then coming, you know, coming back and seeking that kind of stuff out. Um, oh, yeah, I think it, it kind of was the. It didn't directly, you know, I because I was still a teenager uh, and I wasn't buying that kind of beer in college. No. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. so till I, till I got back to Europe later to kind of, to dig deeper into it. But that was the one that kind of burrowed its way in there that, that didn't even really know it was possible. Hadn't even really like heard fully of, uh, appreciate you know, dark what you beer had. That wasn't like a, a Guinness or like roasty. Um, and, uh, didn't you know just tasted totally different right yeast driven flavors yes. dry um drank almost more like a a wine and mm-hmm. had a huge head of foam they served in a really cool chalice that was custom designed for the you know the beer so it was Bro, uh, i mean when you're over at fishtown you could just go down to monks and just have a field day yeah yeah i recommend it <laughs> can, I, can i sidetrack the question for a minute go yeah uh, what was your like shit beer of choice in college? Uh, it was Natty Light. Yeah, it is. I just find that like that's like a key to someone's personality. What not like what are you drinking? What like really good beer, local? You know, like, yeah. 
Belgium. Like, what shit did you drink <laughs> when you had no other option? And no money. That was a thing. <laughs> yeah, and, was then, a thing. and then you developed a personality around that for about five years. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You know, you got a 30 rack of like for 17 bucks and everyone pooled their money for like five. Yeah. You in for five bucks tonight? You in I for five bucks? I think it was bucks? even less than that. <laughs> well, it, for well, me, it was Bud Light. That's but, Yeah, well, that was expensive. I was yeah. key, it was Keystone Light for that, me. That is Keystone, shit beer. Keystone yeah, Light. That is real shit beer. Because that's that's like I was at I was down yeah. in uh, at, uh, Saint Anse, uh Sorry, uh, Mount Saint Mary's down in Emmitsburg, Maryland, and that was the thing. Keystone was a, a Maryland brewery and or Pennsylvania is it Pennsylvania? Might be whatever. Whatever, whatever. the Keystone. You went is. there, not whatever. It, it was sucked. close to the Pennsylvania border, <laughs> but that's what everyone. It was seventeen dollars for a thirty rack, and everyone threw in five bucks. So you had four guys on a thirty rack, and you had what, like eight beers a piece, six beers a piece, seven beers. Whoever was the lightweight that night, someone else got nine. You know, like that was <laughs> that was the thing. Uh, all right, that, it man, was all about volume. Just to, to reiterate, just wanted to sidetrack that one. No, no, that's <laughs> a, I, li- that's I like a, the follow up one a one a one a. What was that what shit beer to drink? Beer that you fucking <laughs> drank that you still remember. <laughs> Uh, second question: What is your favorite style as of right now? Hmm. I mean, l- let's just just back up for a minute. How many styles come out from Source? A lot, and, and but so that, just because you have many styles doesn't mean no. I know you're brewing it for the masses for yeah. the most there, part. There's but... one that he's right now is like man, uh, yeah. yeah. We... I uh, I definitely love a good West Coast style IPA. Oh, I got one right here. Nice. <laughs> bingo, bingo. <laughs> and uh, you know, I, I definitely love a good German style Pilsner. I'll throw them in there. It's tied. They both kind of have the the connecting theme of being golden, dry, and hoppy. Mm. There you go. So that's kind of that's where I steer in terms of like sticking my hand in the fridge. On you know, not you know, majority of the time. That's that's going to be the go-to. Although I do like to kind of drink with the occasion or, you know, situation sure, or mood. Sure. Season. But, you know, go-to, it's going to be something, you know, a little on the drier side, probably featuring some hops. And, um, you know, it tends to be a lot of, you know, hoppy lagers. Speaking of which, I believe this this week, this coming, is Pliny the Younger release at months. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Among with a thousand yeah. other beers that they're getting from Russian <laughs> right, right. God damn them. Uh, third and final question. You go into a bar restaurant. Wait, wait. Can I follow up with two? Uh, with a 2A two, two myself? A? Sure. Please do. Greg, what's your favorite West Coast IPA? Ooh. <laughs> oh. Wow. Yeah. Oof-a. Mike with the stumper. Um, yeah, that's a good I'm idea. really happy with how that Steno came out. That's, I think, one of the ones I sent up with you We guys. got it right here, buddy. We got now, now that you were talking about Monks, I did have the other day there, um, I had some good Russian River stuff. Yeah. Uh, they had, like, the Blind Pig. And oh, yeah. The, yeah. the Elder. Yeah, yeah. Pliny the Elder. What was that uh, yeah. variant that I mean, you had? They're, they're I had the Double Dry Hop architect. Pliny. Yeah, the Double Dry Hop Pliny was was. When I went, great. when I went there, and right, fucking yeah, you I got that banged. Back. I got banged up yeah. on a tour. <laughs> Were those the sixteen? No, the, I mean uh, the the nineteen point fives. They weren't tall boys, right? Uh, no, those was those were sixteen. Okay, all right, sorry. All yeah, right. but during the during the uh, tour, yeah, um, they're just feeding you. Yeah, and my wife doesn't drink beer, so <laughs> I'm drinking her beers, and uh, you know, double dry hop, Pliny. <laughs> At like nine percent, yeah, yeah, it was yeah. fantastic. That no, was, was brilliant. Uh, and okay, so back to uh, 
question number three. Ooh. Go to a bar restaurant. What is that one beer from any time, anywhere, any place that you wish you can have on tap? Mm. Um, that Trappist beer when he was 17 years old. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, there there was a cu- I, I thought you were going to go one way with it, and it slightly changed my answer. If it was like, you know, from somewhere that was, you know, it's always going to be good, like tried and true. And know, it can't be one of your beers. Yeah, I would nod my hat to the, the Sierra Nevada. Mm. Uh, they, they do some great stuff uh, that I've always, you know, picked up, you know, when I'm, but I'm not showered with my, my own beer. Um, there's, <laughs> gonna count on it. um, but no, if it's, if it's something that would be like, Oh, this is a treat to have on tap. If, uh, you know, if you go out at a restaurant or a bar, um, particularly a restaurant, I think, uh, um, a Belgian beer that could kind of go with all occasions would be nice. So mm. that, that, that makes me think of like an Orval. Ooh, yes. Oh, yes. Yep. Anytime kind of situation beer goes with food, isn't too strong. You could drink just, you know, on its own. I got a question for. Yeah. Oh, you do? What? What? Oh, actual- whoa, whoa, whoa. Do I have to create new fucking theme music for this? Also, I'm like, <laughs> what? what is that style that you actually like to brew? Yeah. Right. I like that. You, um, want, you want to change Steve's four questions? <laughs> Holy shit. Fifty questions, Steve. <laughs> Fifty questions. You know, I do like to to try the stuff that's less off the beaten track. Um, I think a new recipe is, you know, some of your first time attempting a style is pretty fun. Mm. And I, from a brew day experience, you know, the the normal strength beers uh, are. You know, fun to brew. They they make for a breezy brew day because there's you, you know, could call it boring. Thousand, it's okay. A thousand it. pounds less, uh, you know, grains to work <laughs> with. You know? Just the normal style beers that they've been making for you know hundreds of years, uh, thousands of years. No big deal. <laughs> New age beers maxing out the mash tons and whatnot. But uh, I also like it when the mash has a nice nice uh, aroma with some complexity mm-hmm. and some some kiln or specialty malts. A little roasty malts always is a a nice treat in the brew house for everybody walking by. Um, yeah, it's. I, th- I think having a stab at a nice traditional style that doesn't get a lot of love. Mm. Those are the fun ones that in the brew house that we talk about, and uh, can't wait to get on the schedule. Do you have a Do you have a set of core beers at this point? Do you guys have like those those every week, every month kind of beers that are fitting into the brew schedule? I would say at the, at the most we have like a every quarter beer, and, okay. and that would probably be our source of hoppiness. Mm. Um, that would be the beer that we probably have brewed the most. And if you want to, if we were to lead with the beer, say uh, with a new bar, restaurant, or liquor store, that would kind of be the beer that we would lead with. Like yeah. this is who we are. This is what we're about. This is you know also one of the most popular beers and the reason why i bought some and left with it (laughs) yeah it's it's one of the things that we've dialed in we love it uh it's a good it's like our go-to ipa and uh we like to always have it on tap there we do have some you know little lapses and and releases and times when it's not available but Mm. there will be something in its vein something in that kind of abv range that probably has a different uh combination of hops or tweaked grain bill uh or new different yeasts that we're working with 
Um, but we'll always bring that one back. And, you know, there's a few others that we may do a couple times a year. Um, some beers that we've, we've uh, grown attached to that have become an annual thing. But, yeah, I would say hoppiness would be our, our go-to. Cool. I want to uh, I want it to you said source of happiness because this is the one we started with tonight the blue label gr- blue and green and turquoise and what, cyan magenta uh, no magenta so uh yeah yellow you maybe could, you could actually call it by its name whatever it's source of happiness uh, so, <laughs> I want I want to it makes it, it makes it a lot easier for people that are listening right to, to, to see that because... but yes it's just a it's just a great beer um l- let's break down some of these beers because uh, we started off the night Wrong. with with source. <clears throat> Wrong? Well, yeah, we should have started with... The goddamn Polish fucking pills. I know. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. I know you guys love that. So let's break down this beer. You don't have to give us any of the uh, the major secrets of this thing, but obviously since it's like one of the core beers, we'll call it, um, what goes into brewing this? What's our grain bill? What's our our hop profile? What are we looking at for the turnaround time and all that other good stuff? For hoppiness, we'll start with? Sure. Yeah, so hoppiness, it's a uh, 6.5% ABV. Very Green drinkable. Is a uh, pale two-row malt with a very high proportion of malted wheat, uh, malted oats, flaked oats, and flaked wheat. And then a little bit of uh, cara foam we put in for some foam retention and some bodybuilding. And then we dial in our, our mash pH with some acidulated malt. Um, nice. So we'll... Uh, yeah, we'll mash for a, a nice like uh, medium body, and uh, we'll hit with the hops, tail end of of boil, and then cool down whirlpool, and then um, we'll knock out, and then hit the hops. Uh, we'll use like a an English ale strain that's a little bit hmm. uh, that stays in solution a little bit longer. Um, dry, dry or uh, or. Or, or liquid uh, it's got a it's it's like the the go-to kind of um you know london three oh, strength yeah, yeah, yeah. for uh you know for for ipas out there it gives a more juicy character some of the fruity esters can kind of match up with like the stone fruit and, and complement some of the are you guys using fruit. one of the bigger uh yeast uh producers or or somebody local we we go heavy with uh east coast yeast okay. uh we work Pretty close with Al Buck. He lives a short drive from us, so we're, we're always talking shop with him and, and working on kind of custom blends. And you know, we but we'll work with uh, you know all types of producers: Imperial, Omega, mm-hmm. Yeast. That brings up a good question. So you know, like for for you guys, both Greg and Steve, uh, is yeast regional? Is it something that obviously there's some sexy yeasts out there that people like to use, but can it be something where uh, people can grow it locally or, or propagate sure. it locally, we'll sure. say, and and have their own version of that original kind of strain from the grandparents on. Well, you'll get you'll get a, a, a lot of not a lot, but good breweries will have a house strain. Right, it'll be their strain that because of what's in the environment, your your brewery itself, how you're brewing, and how you're uh, using treating. Um, uh, if you have a lab, a lot of times you'll have a yeast that you've bought when you first opened up, right? And becomes your house yeast, and it's changed over time. It's it's it evolves. It evolves yeah. to the tank space, the pressure. The There's conditions. so many different things that are involved. Um, or you know, you use a and like like uh, they're using someone local 
that they're going to get the same, you know, same either flavors or they're going to get same attenuation. That they've kind of evolved over time. That and just then... the place that is, and again, he said, you know, when you say London, mm-hmm. like a, a London ale yeast, everybody kind of knows what that is yeah. in the industry. You hear a, a California, like a Chico yeast. Yeah. Everybody knows, you know, that's a, a traditional pale ale yeast. Um, now, let me ask you this. So, so let's say you have uh, a vendor like Greg has that, that propagates this. How do they lock in that specific flavor profile that they achieved? Obviously, it evolved. How do they keep it from not evolving anymore and keep it pretty similar from strain to strain? I'm no scientist. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so, um, you know, you can get different labs and, and yeast banks kind of set up yeah. uh, geographically all over the U.S. And uh, there's some bigger players and smaller players. And, you know, they can all be great, really. They have their own, you know, quality standards. And, you know, we, like I said, we've worked with them all. Uh, we happen to have one that's local. And because of that, uh, we get a lot of face-to-face. That's great. Be able to bounce ideas off and, uh, you know, really get some great in- input. He's super talented and knowledgeable. We, we share beers, uh, mixed fermentation stuff that he's done uh, for for long time of experimenting and uh we actually the mixed fermentation and and cultures with like bread and and other kind of fun bugs uh he really specializes in that but he does he's able to bank and prop up strains you know from all over if we wanted to mimic like a a german style lager he he would have a strain that augustiner uses or um you know some geese from dre fontine and over in belgium and he'll be able to um propagate it up and uh, get it to a pitchable slurry for us. Uh, and then, yeah, you can keep that in-house and keep rolling with it. And eventually over time, you can can kind of, um, you know, it can mutate in a way that you seem beneficial and give your own little house touch. But um, I was going to say, so like even if you get like a yeast broker, you can get that initial and then you can evolve it yourself. Uh, it, it's not that you will, it will. Mm. It will do it on its own. But like that's what I'm saying. Like, how do you prevent that from happening? Life you, finds a way. But, <laughs> yeah. but you, you kind of okay, unless you park. Well, here's the thing. In case you, unless you're looking for really something specific, right? Well, then you buy new yeast all the time. Right, right. Well, that's what I'm getting at. Which like, is, but then how which did is that they cost effective? Keep, <laughs> how did they keep then that yeast from from again, evolving? Again, you, we need to get scientist. them on. We need to get I them know, on. I know, I know. Because yeah, uh, that, but that's, that's amazing. Like, that's like uh, everybody's unique situation. right? Like, uh, how do you oh. keep your, your sourdough? Oh, mother- yeah. Mm-hmm. Started going like, for 40 years. He's got their own little tips and tricks, and they've been doing it this way. It's or, amazing. You know, your equipment may dictate it, your your space, your budget, you know, a million yeah. different things, what you're going for, you know, your lab capacity, what how risky you're comfortable getting with letting nature kind of take its undue influence without your uh, scientific controls. You know, we like to be pre- very close and direct with the lab so we know exactly what we're pitching um, or if we're, like, you know, keeping something going or, or intentionally trying to uh, steer in a direction that we, we do that separate from anything that yeah. we're trying to cross-contaminate with. Now, you guys came out oh, – the second beer we drank, uh, you guys came out with this single silo series. It's a mouthful, by the way. Uh, but uh, I like it. Obviously, it's it's part of a series. So talk to us a little bit about Ultra Cascade, uh, it featuring a Cascade hop. Is this a single hop kind of smash concept? 
Yeah, exactly. So not so much a smash single malt single hop, but definitely a single hopped beer. So we, the single silo series is, is what we came up with. Uh, I mentioned we got a couple silos here at the barn, so mm. it kind of tied in the, the farm uh, terminology. But so we've, we've been going through uh, for a couple of years now, a few years with featuring different hop varietals. And it's taken this long to get to the OG cascade, but um, it was a <laughs> time to do it because we... We came across, I mean, it was the, the fresh crop year, 2022, you know, the last stuff harvested, mm-hmm. winner of the, the 2022 Cascade Cup um, that we were able to source through our one of our, our hop vendors, Crosby Hops. They work directly with all kind of independent farmers. So this particular farmer out in Oregon is B&H Farms. Um, they got the, you know, uh, tested by, you know, their peers, other Cascade hop farmers you know voted as the the best crop this year so we're like all right well this this is better time than ever to do a, a cascade focused hopped beer so i didn't realize when... b&h branched out from cameras and photo <laughs> and video into farms yeah, you know, those, fantastic those jewish fellows they are they, on the they are on the ball cutting this edge kind of, of things uh this is an imperial uh so uh, you just maxed out the the grain bill here to try to capture the most amount of abv you can in this series so we can go a lot bigger. Um, oh my God! It's eight percent so already. Call that like an imperial strength IPA or double. Um, we've done triples, which yes, are percent. Uh, the Visual Cortex series, of which we've done probably about fifteen, sixteen different iterations, and then we've also done a, a quadruple IPA at twelve percent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so boom goes the dynamite. Bigger, but you know, eight percent is a nice sweet spot, I think, especially for uh, perceived value as like a four pack unit. Uh, it seems to be kind of, yeah. So, wow. um, you know, in terms of, and and you can really pack ton of hoppy flavor and, and juiciness without getting boozy and without getting sure. sweet. Uh, um, you guys, you guys, use it any cryo or anything like resin or. Yes, we are. Um, we actually, so this is this is a single silo series, and then we do a um, ultra series. So when the beer has uh, been brought back from the dead out of the rotating single silo series, we call it an a um, an ultra cascade, for example. Okay. Uh, we decide to bring that one back, and then if we, uh, and then we have a. A line going simultaneously where we call it the um you know mega cascade or mega strata what have you and then that's where we'll feature the hop in all formats that we can get our hands on so mm. we did a an mega or ultra cashmere beer that we oh used. man i love cashmere yeah we use the uh cryo cashmere the normal t9 or sorry citra the, the normal t90 citra citrus spectrum which is like a, a downstream um hot product with all the alpha acids removed so it's like all the aroma compacted into like a flowable and then there's the results oh, sorry compacted into a what? Inc- well it's into like a flowable hop extract like um you know viscous kind of uh all all the aromatic oils and and compounds that you want trapped in a beer from dry hopping um without the the alpha acid bitterness and whatnot so there's a lot of pushing and innovation with the you know the cryo the hash the cgx yes yeah it's crazy it's 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 amazing how in the last i'm gonna go 
four years, how it's changed, how like you have, and, and it's great for brewers too, because one, your yield is going to be so much bigger, um, you know, instead of having to throw pellet in, which, you know, what it was five years ago, you constantly threw pellet or resin, uh, you know, to up your, uh, your alphas. But uh, yeah, what they're coming out with, it's, I mean, let me tell you, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, just the way that they're understanding like the different hop compounds, yep. like scientific method with, you know, really breaking down everything that's in there and what we're looking for on like the oil fraction level. I think it's kind of frontier that you're still learning about and you're starting to see some interesting stuff in the world of yeast too, which we touched on to some extent, but also the in the world of genetically modified yeast. What, which is what is that? Are they um, they like going into the molecular level? Yeah, so they you know there's some some companies. Uh, Berkeley yeast is one. Um, I believe Omega is doing it as well, where you can uh, say remove a gene that makes a certain phenolic, so mm. like a hepatitis strain that doesn't make the clove, or you can get a uh, you know a Chico strain that doesn't produce diacetyl. Or you could get a um, you know a Chico strain that does produce lactic acid back uh, lactic acid, so you know that's like you know for quick sour beers you can use they have oh uh, yeah yeah they insert genes that produce terpenes mm. uh, during fermentation, so um, really interesting frontiers. Um, I'm, there's you know that stuff going on with malt too, like kind of going back to the old school of like terroir malt where it's tied to like a region and subregion for a particular reason where it's uh, geographically aligned or the climate. Uh, so, um, and, and that's they, determining flavor, right? I mean, that's basically shaping what the beer body is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. And you're seeing the micro maltsters. We just have one in New Jersey, but there's a bunch in Pennsylvania. And I think that's a cool way to differentiate your beers is being saying, Hey, I'm tied to these certain local growers. Oh and yeah. Here's their operation. Here's why they're special, um, and it kind of just gets to a a whole new uh, depth that you can get when you, as you know, as you trace, taste different beers across the country, knowing that they're they kind of all have uh, their their local aspects built into the flavor. There's got to be some um, you know benefit to having those licenses in two different states. Can you? Is there restrictions on working with certain people from one state to another? Or is it just kind of open waters where you can just, you know, bounce back and forth to whoever would provide you with the best, you know, uh, product or service? Uh, yeah, like we'll work with whoever provides the, the best product or service, definitely. Um, and when we were, were in Philly, we'd, we work local with Philly, especially in the restaurant. Uh, you know, we've got like local guys who make our pickles, local bakers, mm. you know drop off in a golf cart um you know we work with uh <laughs> meat provider pat lafreda for all of our uh our meat needs and we've done some collaborative beers with him in the past and some some uh charitable events that we put on with him and um do you throw any roast beef in the mash ton or <laughs> <laughs> no not yet you know maybe, yet. maybe some indirect smoking or something oh, you know? well that well that's where you got to get him to you know, uh, impart some of your beer flavor into like sausage or something, and have that as a, you know, a ripper yeah. or something like that. Some sort of stout flavored brisket. Um, oh. Paul, Paulie from uh, Blind Bat. Yeah, he does that Gr- Grzynski, um oh, yeah, yeah. smoked porter. Yeah, and he has a local butcher that 
make sausage out of that oh, beer. And it's fantastic. Now I'm starving. Thanks. <laughs> I, uh, I I want to get into the, the the Polish lager that we all very much enjoyed mm-hmm. here. Yes, please. I got yelled and roasted here right in the studio. Um, <laughs> let's talk about uh, winged hussars. Hussars. Yeah, winged hussars. It's oh, it's, winged hussars. Uh, mm. Sounds better coming from you than it does from me because I suck <laughs> at English. Yeah, it's kind of it's a nod to some. Um, some Polish iconography that's that's on their coat of arms. Mm. It's like it's a warrior. Um, you know, they use in a lot of the Polish decorative art. We actually were inspired by one of our regular customers' tattoos. Uh, he's a he's a Polish guy who's been kind of encouraging us to do a Polish lager someday. And you know, we just we've done a all types of different you know pilsners and lagers. And and like I mentioned before, always love to give new styles a go. And yeah. Um, so we kind of brought Eastern Europe to New Jersey with an all New Jersey malt bill, grown and malted here in state. Uh, that's a Pilsner malt base, brewed to like a five and a half percent strength range, golden international style lager, I guess you could call it, featuring Polish hop uh, Lubelski, and then the yeah uh, the big Slovenian Lubelski. hop yeah the big Lubelski, <laughs> uh, and then another noble ish uh, with a little bit of some fruity undertone hop. Uh, this is the Slovenian Fox. I did feel the fruity undertones. That's what I did like about it. It was just that right amount of like fruit juiciness that goes with a nice crispy lager. It was just crispy delicious. <laughs> it's just, yeah. I wish it's I would have started out with that. All right. Well, then you would have been complaining that you didn't have more. We of could it. have done the whole show on just that. Beer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. If it was just an eight pack of that beer, <laughs> that would have been absolutely fine. <laughs> I uh I, I enjoyed it thoroughly. I mean, it, you, I like the variation and everything, and that's the point. Like juicy, juicy, dry, and then we got the West Coast, and then now onto the saison. Uh, so, uh, you know, you guys. All ha- I'm gonna say though is, yeah. we're five beers down. Yeah, there wasn't one that I I uh, and we and here's the thing, Greg. Yeah, we don't rate beers. We don't we don't tell yeah. people, hey, this was a five or four. No, no, no. We don't do any of that. We're, we're not. Yet. But when there is something that there hasn't been a, a like style that I've, I've drank today that they didn't um, knock out of the park. That I was like, yeah. oh, you know what? And eh, it was eh. no. Each nope. one was like. Okay, I love the notes of this. I love mm-hmm. the, you know, the body on this. The all, all eat, every single beer. Yeah, I poured good. it out. The head good retention, um, color. Uh, and now we're on this, onto the saison, bro. Well, let me let you, me you get guys, back to you guys the, are doing a fantastic the job. Polish lager. Do, we the, all looked at clarity. The yeah. the the perfect clarity of I that lager. I put it lager. up to the camera. Oh, Ideal crispy boy. Yeah. Give us a little breakdown of that. I know uh, you kind of you know giving us a little bit of the the malt build, uh, and and the flavor profiles. But what went into this? What's the timing of this? Is this sitting in lager tanks for weeks? Like what what are we doing with this? Yeah, one? yeah, yeah. This one is a time consuming beer. Um, all of our lagers will we'll get some dedicated cold conditioning times uh, up to the tune of about eight weeks. Mm, wow. So we'll have about three weeks in primary from when we we pitch the yeast to. Uh, we will pass it through like a very coarse filter, regular mm-hmm. filter, and uh, you know, then let it slumber in a horizontal, just over freezing temp. Really, uh, yep. hang out there horizontal. For- yeah. What's what's the de- what's the benefit to horizontal? Area. Oh, because the cold. 
Well, yeah, so it, uh, you know, it gives the traditionally these these yeast kind of mutated and developed to to work slower under cooler temperatures, and then the longer know, they, the tank, they were cold. They were lagered, right? The German mm. word store away cold. So they kind of uh, they do some slow cleaning up over the the extended colder period. Uh, just their metabolism slowed down a bit, and it can kind of take off some rough edges that the beer might have kind of make it all mellow and, and meld and gel together it's you know it's it's a little nuanced and and to draw the line when it's ready versus not exactly ready mm. uh, you know you know we'll pull some samples um but it's to be able to get it out of the production line and give it its dedicated space is what we're focused on and then you know we'll, we'll let it there and it's it's only going to be doing good things for us um and then we find that that time is ready um that's when we get it in the, in the. And I guess hence the need for the expansion. If you're doing a few, yeah, we'd lockers, love to get some more. We love right? to get like some that. More. That takes up real estate. Yeah, eight weeks to sit there. Yeah, you need some more. Yeah. Are, are you guys uh, step mashing with these uh, loggers? Not all of them. Uh, yeah, it'll depend on the recipe. Um, but yeah, we're able to get you know a lot of the, the things that we're looking for, you know, in these beers off of our system here it's pretty we're steam jacketed and you know oh, side very efficient we got the we got the ability to step and you know kind of cool and low and ramp up but now um, in all your loggers are you guys following relatively the same process you know as a as like a zoom out view of it and just kind of changing it up with ingredients or are you guys really dialed into that specific beer and what it takes to make that yeah we will i guess you know there's a little bit of Working backwards, looking at Cloudy. the traditional way that it is done, you know, certainly you want to hit color targets. You want to hit bitterness level targets. Um, you want to understand like, what is, what are we selling this beer as? Sure. You know, what is the package going to convey and do we, how do we want it to drink? Um, so kind of know what we want and then put it together with inputs based on that. And, you know, if it's about, getting an ingredient that is tied to a certain location for a certain beer style, you know, like German Pilsner malt, or if we're doing a Bohemian Pilsner, you know, four malted Bohemian Pilsner malt, just, you know, we will order from the ground up. It doesn't matter if we've, you know, um, we're not trying to consolidate, you know, one malt fits all. So we, we, we definitely build it from the ground up. Uh, we actually just brewed a, we got a beer in a tank right now. It's a Franconian style rote beer, which is <laughs> translates to red beer. Um, and it's it's what it sounds like. It's not quite a Marzen. Yeah. But it's, uh, it's got some some specialty crystal and melanoidin and, and I, I am super I would, jealous that you get to do whatever the fuck you want. I it's, would, it's, it's I like, would Jesus just, Christ. Like I feel like doing this today. All right, let's just do it. I what? Was, I was you know, if you you hit on a not a lot of brewers use melanoidin anymore. No. <laughs> and when you just said that, I'm like, I, I, don't, man, think, I don't think we've ever heard that man, word used I, on this show in the seven years, six years that we've this, been doing this. This. this guy, Greg, he's my best friend now. <laughs> <laughs> Talked about those good smelling masks. Oh, God, yes. Malt in there. I mean, I, I like that he's using a half liter as he's drinking, by the way. Yeah, Greg. exactly. Uh, <laughs> I, I dig that. He's at the bar upstairs just drinking side pours. Kill me over here. <laughs> yeah, he's no, of course. I just got to give myself uh, a beer. I, I, do, I do have to say, though, uh, tell me, isn't there nothing better? And it never gets old when you, you leave the brewery for a little bit 
and brew, brew day still going on. You come back and you get a waffle of that, that nice, wonderful malt that's in the air from the brew day. And you're like, oh, man, yeah, that's why I do it. This is why I do it. Yeah, those uh, <laughs> those visceral smells and, and sounds inside to the brewery, they definitely mm. to the good feels. So I he's, at the, he's at the bar right now. Uh, those are the four tanks that are right behind the oh, bar. Right. So he's about I to go back the there. Oh, look oh, oh, look, there's only 24 of them there. Look and, at that. You know, only two side ports just because, you yeah. know, because we can. Uh, he's, wow. And that's – so he was looking upstairs out onto the brewery out over here. And then uh, right here is where we were sitting, right out here. By the way, Greg, I want to uh, commend you on your uh, snack choices. My son really loved the uh, the pickled uh, pretzels that you guys have. What? Dude, oh, pickled pretzels. Details, please. Delicious. They're like pretzel sticks, pretzel pieces in like, you know how you get pickle chips? Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, it tastes like pickles. It's delicious. It's the, the, the seasoning and flavoring of pickles. Uh. The dill and the, the like tartness. Like spice on Yeah. The, uh, yes. Like an everything bagel kind of thing. But Correct. Oh, okay. But on the pickles. So uh, the, there's actually a food truck out here on the island. That it's called... Um, uh, What's a dillio? No. Uh, but <laughs> That's what I would have called um, They do pickled fries. Yes. And, and it's pickle flavoring on the fries. It yeah. is... They use a brine. Yeah. So when they, they, they cut the potatoes, they use a brine that they soak them in. And then use the okay. and then use the seasoning that you would on pickles mm. on it. That's gonna mm. be intense. That sounds like an intense French fry. It is. You don't need anything else. <laughs> you don't need to dip it in no ketchup. ketchup yeah. No. No salt. Nothing. It mm. is. Yeah. Greg, so you have the the brew house behind you. Can you get in there? Is it you still got Wi Fi in there? You yeah. want to take us on a yeah, little yeah, tour? Yeah. I can get it's in. Nice, there. perfectly. Look at that. See. So well, he's got a half liter side pour. Yeah, it's, yeah, now he could take it on a little trip. So there's your uh, your tasting room, like I said, with the tanks right behind. This is the door I wanted to go behind, but I didn't want to ask. There wasn't anybody. Look at all those. Uh, ta- yes, here we are. All right, so g- give us a little quick tour. Show everyone what we're working with here. Yeah, so uh, right behind me, this is the boil kettle. Mm. Hot liquor tank here. All right, and then down here is our, our mash louder ton. Nice. Yep. And this was Alpha? Alpha. Alpha, yeah. Alpha, yep. Yeah. So we got the, the mounted grist case up top. <laughs> this is, bro, what does it look like to you? It looks like Dubco. Dubco. It looks same, like Dubco. Same, comp- same company. Oh, they both they both have Alpha. Okay, yes. all right. That makes sense. So we got uh, some 10-barrel fermenters behind me. Nice. For a single turn. There's the 20 barrel lagering tanks. Oh, look at those. Oh, the horizontal ones. There the tor- we go. The torpedo tanks. Love it. Neat. Then we got the quad <laughs> back here of uh, 20 barrels. You guys so the- optimize God that damn. space, man. Yeah. We got everything uh, tucked in this 30 by 30 room. <laughs> <laughs> Green floors. Yeah. Keep it nice and clean. We got canning day in here tomorrow morning. What's, can- what's getting canned tomorrow? Tomorrow we've got a uh, an Imperial IPA. Yeah, we've got a uh, just a single beer this week. Typically we uh, we're somewhere between two to four, but we've got some beers. Uh, we talked before about you know January, February. Yep. Um, those for us are good times to brew beers to stow away into into wood and also to can oh. put into some bottles for conditioning. So we'll let that? Oh, that's right. Today was bottling day, wasn't it? Yeah. And, uh, you know, some saisons and 
table beers and, and funky collaborations and side projects and yes, south. <laughs> all of them throw away the acorns now and then yeah. <laughs> there you go yeah squirrel them away <laughs> i mean that was one of the other things that popped out they had like a um a stout bottled in the 750s they had uh, another i think it was a saison bottled in the 750s the two yeah. offerings are always phenomenal the, the beers that they yeah there you go i don't know if it was that one but you had another one back by the new year's time um, but it, it was just like, really, you have this too. Uh, right. now, 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 Greg, let me ask you: those bottles, you those are all hand bottled. Do you have a machine? Do you have? Yeah, they're hand bottled. Oh, fact, as mother! Was, uh, as we started our call up here, um, some of the guys were just, you know, cleaning up for the day after a long day of hand corking and hand bottling. Oh <laughs> God! Some uh, some bottle conditioned. Uh, Trappist style, or I guess Abbey style, uh, double that we we put in this oh, bottle. Today. Oh God! Um, some corking caging. Last God time I did that, <laughs> you guys want to take a trip to Colts Neck? Right. Yeah, yeah. Here's Fuck. the cage. Bro, not many, not many breweries do the. Oh yeah, there it there is. Corker. Yeah, the not animal. many people do this anymore because they've had enough. It's so easy to can things. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, some beers are just. The right way is yeah. the bottle. Yeah. And there's, there's no way and it around. it seems special when you do that. When you, you know. It does. No, it does. You have it, a bunch of cans in your fridge. Well, like, well whatever, you know the process. Like, you know the special, process that went into occasion it. is a cork. You know, cage. there was people with that machine just yeah. hand corking well, here, each one. And this this was my thought process. So we did uh, bottles that were that were 12-ounce bottles. Right. And we, in our head, we were like, this is for somebody that's going to drink it by themselves. Mm-hmm. 12 ounces, a bottle, yeah, maybe. Only in a corner. Maybe, maybe 12%, <laughs> but but when you do a 750 or something like that, yeah. that's a, you're sharing that with your friends. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like a- yeah. You bring it to a party. That's a community, like, I need my buddies to drink this with me because mm-hmm. this is a fucking, going to be awesome. <laughs> And I'm not going to be an alcoholic and drink that. It appears I've been doing this wrong. Well, yes. (laughs) You, Peter. You, Peter. I don't share this. All this time. All this time have been doing it wrong. What were you saying, Greg? I said, yeah, it's more akin to like a bottle of wine where you can can afford to pour some around. Yes. uh, No. All for me. All for me. You you love to share that 750 with yourself. That's what it is. You uh, did you pop yeah, a bottle on, on the beer? I guess. Yeah. Uh, did you yeah. pop a bottle on New Year's? No, no, no. no. I, do you have any seven fifties like uh, laying around? I think I have one St. James. Yeah, the triple, the double. I think yeah, double. I think okay. I have a St. James double. In the, All right. In the yeah, yeah. So, yeah. That's it. That's a good one. You gotta pop that. I, that's I know. A, you can need a good occasion. I, I haven't bought a 750 lately because I because I don't share them. Like, my, right. like I'm gonna be, <laughs> bro, I'm gonna be a, by myself and I'm hunkering down in the peat bunker in the basement. My chiller. Is just stacked with these. Stacked with these. Do you have boys. any Pliny's left in that? that? No, oh. no, you can't, man. You got. I know those. those are, those are immediate. No, I have. Fresh. I, I have. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got some a lot of I bad. I got, I got some bad things going on <laughs> in my cooler. God, uh, great. You guys, you know, obviously came off uh, some ob- some huge brew days in the past. What was the biggest brew day? that you guys had done canning bottling anything like that what was like the biggest moments where you're like yeah this this is it this is the this is the batch (laughs) (laughs) Uh, 
Well, I'll go with the one that popped in my head first. Was uh, it just reminded me of a story? And you said you said biggest. I think was one adjective you threw in there, so it kind yep. of cued this up. So uh, we do a um, Belgian style quad uh, called Colts Abbey, mm. and that's a uh, <laughs> special beer to us for sure. Uh, the first time we brewed it, I remember it was a snowstorm, but this was like, you know, the the first year we opened and, you know, I was like a business owner and you, you don't want to be down, you know, you got beer on the schedule you need to yeah. find a way to make it happen. And it was a, it was storming pretty bad and um, like snow was all over the ground and um, I, I was driving a Tesla at the time and... <laughs> What? Tried to make that brew day happen. Uh, I had to first go to our warehouse space and, and get the grains. And um, the plow guy had not made it to our warehouse yet. So yeah. I plowed my way into the building. Uh, we had Wait, a- you plowed with the Tesla? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's was crazy. Like a, a Is that an upgrade to the autopilot? Of, uh, <laughs> there had been a bunch of snow that had accumulated since the, the previous plow. Um, so I kind of had to finished the job and then i got stuck with my car and i had to get uh my my girlfriend now fiance uh she came and picked me up or bailed me out using the um no i was in the source van (laughs) (laughs) he had to bail me out in my tesla and then uh and then i had to bail the source van out and it was going back and forth uh we were, you know, we had to get gas at a Wawa. It was a nightmare. And uh, uh, Wawa's. Finally, finally got back, you know, brewed this huge 13% beer. No, yes. That's a lot fast, of grain. You know, fast. Yeah, a lot of grain. Um, and then we're, you know, it's the first time that we're breaking in like our, our bottle and corker that we were just talking about and figuring out how long of a day it entails um, with the quantity that we had to cork up by hand and... So, you know, doing all all that, bottle conditioning it, and then, um, you know, so we had those beers kind of in our, our our warm bottle conditioning room over at our warehouse, and you sent them into a couple contests last year and ended up taking um, a couple medals for it. Wow. Uh, there you go. Oh, nice, the, man. In the World Beer Cup, we got a, a bronze medal nice yes beer cup, or the gabf we got a gold medal nice there you go so it's uh it's a beer that we're going to bring back for sure we've got some in the pipeline now um but that that beer came to mind just because of all the uh it, it made it all the sweeter when you know the beer came out as a success and you know everybody really liked it to <laughs> all those days were you know all those are the times rather where you're Digging out the car, spending uh, <laughs> the day just it was all worth it, bro. Into the uh, to the brewery, it was all worth it. Let me tell you, uh, that feeling when you win an award like that, when you win a GABF or you win a World Beer Cup, um, that is, I, I know for myself, you 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 just sit there and go, "Holy shit, that that actually just really happened," and uh, and. My peers, actually, the, the the beer community thinks my beer is top. And you, nobody can take that away from you. That's the thing. I mean, it doesn't make your beer sell anymore. But for yourself, as a, as a brewer, you're like, man, I'm doing the right thing.
Greg, what he's asking is, did you enjoy the orange jumpsuits that you had to buy? Oh, oh no, no, well, that's Wireman. That's Wireman. Oh, that's Wireman. Yeah. I apologize. Yeah, we did. We got a... Uh, did you get wire, Did you get some Wireman jumpsuits? We got one, yeah. Yeah, yeah bro. <laughs> I, we got it for our head brewer, Jeremy. He, he's go. awesome. Yeah, he, uh, he's an OG in the brewing games. He's got like 11 plus years under the belt. Nice. Yeah, I, I scammed him out of two suits, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I told him I'm like, look, I look, I used a hundred percent of your of your grain was in my grain bill. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, it was it was damn near close to that. For yeah, them. and I said, look, man, you know, I have a couple of brewers, and and they're gonna fight over this. They, I mean, there might be like a problem. I might lose somebody. <laughs> And uh, I and I don't. They might, you know, stabbing. I don't know what's gonna go on in a brew house. Who knows? And uh, yeah, they sent me two two freaking jumpsuits, and uh, I, I took one. <laughs> two people go into the octagon, only one yeah. comes out with an orange Two men jumpsuit. enter, one man leave. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, uh, what, what World Cup, uh, World Beer Cup was this? It was this past year's. Oh, I nice. Well, I guess World Beer Cup is now going to be every year. Every year now, yeah, year. man. Uh, this, yeah, this. so we're uh, we're actually submitting our stuff next month. For yeah, for Nashville. Uh, yeah. So we got like seven different beers we're going to put in. I'm going to be going down to Nashville this year. Funny you say that, sir. Guess who got invited to CBC in Nashville? The oh, yeah? Mike Pete and Steve. There? I think we might. I, I, we are trying to work out the logistics, but we got the invite to be at the uh, General Assembly where all the vendors are to do Very our cool. show and live in front of everybody. I'm, I'm hoping that's a, it's oh, a real thing sweet. for everybody. Yeah, man, that's cool. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Nashville's a great city, and oh. I went like uh, sell me on it, Greg, because I gotta, I gotta convince my wife that I can yeah, go for five it's, days. It's awesome. It's a safe town. Yeah, walkable. Everything is kind of you know close all within your your reach on foot um the so staggering center. yeah it's a clean <laughs> clean city you can learn a lot from the seminars you're gonna meet a lot of people have a blast drink some good beers be on the cutting edge of uh all the trends and the, the talks for what's coming up this next year we uh we have a, a lot of friends in the industry that produce industry equipment and you know products and services so that was our first draw. But then, of course, you know, just having all the brewers down there interview people from all around the country, it just seems like a, a home run for us. So that was the thought and process. And again, of course, to drink all the delicious beer that might be around. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe we stumble into a seminar and, and no one's checking badges at the time. Who knows? Yeah. If, n- if nothing else, you should be able to line up some good uh, podcasts, even if they're impromptu. Yeah. Know? Yeah. The who's. Uh, always there that's that's the point that's what we i wanted to get down there to try to get you know like so gabf is is really difficult unless you're a a sexy female who's an influencer and they want just like the 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 instagram shots not you steve but they want that not you either peter (laughs) i just did that (laughs) i know yeah (laughs) he he just didn't see that so that's what they want and and i felt like you know cbc was more like the the place that wanted you know the, the the real industry people, so we targeted them, and I sent my application in, and, and like within a, a week, we were approved 
because they saw the value in having like you know real people that want to get the stories from behind the scenes without Steve in a push-up bra. Yes, without Steve in a, in a brazier. <laughs> I'm gonna wear pasties. <laughs> no, don't do any of that. That's crazy. But the idea is like you know that's our thought and our, again our mantra of this show is just to kind of bring the stories to everyone's forefront and forefront and be able to highlight what these guys are doing and and of course you guys uh in new jersey the the amazing beers that you were doing i i knew when i went in there and tasted a few of the beers that immediately this was a brewery that we had to have on the show like i i knew it and you know we have those every so often yeah we'll go somewhere and like oh this this has to be on we how about whitman from saratoga like, immediately Bro, I knew. I drove up to goddamn Saratoga. I know you did. Went to Whitman and then obviously went to my boy. Yeah. Over at, over at uh, Myers uh, Creek. At Myers Creek. Yeah. I, Ivan. At Myers. Uh, but that's the point. Like, when we go out on our little family trips and stuff like that, and we walk into a good brewery, like, you just know immediately after the first one, two beers, they're producing beer correctly. This is why we do what we do. Because we want to get that story. We want to find out what's going on here. Because this is amazing beer that we need to show everybody and and and, and that's the thing we again we don't uh we don't rate any beers but if there's something we like we want people to go you know we want we want the word out that this is a brew you need to go to if you're in this area you need to check them out because it's going to be worth your while um and 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 now knowing that you have fishtown um and uh, having wonderful food from these pictures that we've seen oh my god um and along with the great beer uh i i know next time i'm in philly i know what i'm doing so uh really quick i because we didn't get through the other the last two beers and i want to get through those before we uh, wrap up here uh so stento steno yeah you can pronounce it with the h silent we we love to give a a nice challenge with some you know, some names that have uh, maybe some different language or influences to them. But by the uh, way, there's, black there's a little can, story behind them. Black yeah, can with black that art can. is is fucking slick, dude. It looks Thanks, man. I like it so much. And and Pete even looked at it and was like, he didn't even oh, look yeah. at what style it was. He just wanted to see the can art because it just looked like, you know, like uh, Renaissance-y, but at the same time had like that metal feel. It just it looks the the style of it just looks phenomenal. Thank you, Medusa, thank you. Right? Yeah. yeah. Here, here, here's the story behind it. So Steno in Greek mythology was um, one of the three Gorgons, and uh, of the most famous, we all know Medusa. So this is Medusa's older sister, actually. Mm. And, uh, there's a whole backstory between some of the the deities and the the Gorgons kind of getting screwed over, and um, Steno was the the, the one who kind of sought out the revenge. So she was way more dangerous than uh, Medusa. And this beer is actually a collaboration part two with our friends over at 10-7 Brewing. Okay. They're in uh, Pennsylvania. So we had previously brewed a beer with them at their location. It was a West Coast IPA featuring uh, one of the hops was Medusa. So they used, uh, it was called Venomous Seduction. And they put mm. uh, That is Medusa a cool name for a beer. Artwork yeah. On their uh, label. So the fact that we were we was like you know we love the west coast style let's let's do it imperial strength and we'll do it medusa's big sister who is even more aggressive and uh and kind of can wear that bite so and you got a lot more hops in here you got the centennial the chinook the amarillo the simcoe yeah just west coast hops all day yeah pungy coniferous kind of sweet sticky pine grapefruit Mm. pith all that kind of bright 
tangerine peel note you want in a crisp, uh, you know, finishing beer that's got a nice perceived, you know, firm bitterness throughout, but it's finishes dry. It's not sweet. Um, and yeah, there's a, one of the types of beer I really like to drink anytime you get to brew West coast. Yeah. I'm happy. You mentioned it before, and it, it was one of the ones to me that stood out nice and dry and, and piney, like you said, that sticky icky. Oh, wait. It was, uh, it was perfect. It was exactly what I love about my West Coast IPAs. And it wasn't right. over the top either. Like the, the imperialness of it didn't kind of shine through. There was not much heat to it. It was all just, you know, flavor. Thanks, man. Yeah, this one, uh, if you want to dig in a little to the, the grist, the recipe, it actually, um, we lighten the body up with a, a touch of uh, flake torrified rice. And oh, the uh, oh, grain nice. fill was the golden promise. Um, so it's a it's a two row barley, but it's like Scottish. It's got a little bit more um, character to it, but then also lightened out a little bit with the uh, the flaked rice. Mm. So kind of aids in lauderability, filterability. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately getting a, a clear beer because we we did dry hop it pretty good uh, and then put it through a very coarse filter just so it wasn't looking like a uh, hazy ipa yeah no it had the little the darkerness you know look to it which gave yeah. it that west coast feel on top of the the flavor yeah. a lot just of a what touch i drew- of crystal touch of like a little light crystal mm. um just a, a smidgen you know dip our toes lightly in there i like the west coast you know intentionally unbalanced yeah the hop delivery um, but we've been really playing with with each iteration of West Coast, kind of dialing in that um, that malt bill. Even though it's not the focus, I think it's where you can really fine tune it. So we've but, been playing. But without that malt bill, you you don't have that West Coast. Yeah, you need it. You yeah. need something. It, it needs to carry that 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 bitter, like nice hop profile along with it. Right, can't be too one dimensional. Yeah. Uh, and the last one that we rounded out with was the one we were waiting for. I know Pete was waiting for it. Um, it was the the cranberry saison. So break us down yeah. this saison. Uh, the you know the cranberries obviously weren't forefront, which was I like that. It's dr- yeah, there you go. It was nice and dry. It was just the right amount of tartness that went with That's the cranberries. That's what you get from the cranberries, the tartness. Yeah, the yeah. tartness, not so much the sweetness or anything right. else but there. Well, the first thing. The saison backbone I, right was there. I looked there. at Pete and I was like, yeah, it, it got me here. It gets you here. It gets you here. Like it's A1 nice. sauce, right? It gets you right Everyone here. Everyone remembers that goddamn cranberry. Every time. <laughs> I know. you got to. Ref- but it's true. It, yeah. it, it's, it, it got you that, that, like it was mostly saison. And just yeah. that, that hint of the tartness of the cranberries, which really made it just something a little touch different. Give us a little background on this one. Cool. I'm glad, I'm glad that translated to you guys because, you know, we do, in the craft industry today, you definitely see, you know, a lot of very literal, you know, fruited beers where fruit is... It's too much. Know, just say it. it was, it's too much sometimes. Yeah, you know, and there's beers that we certainly will, you know whether it's like a, a sweet tart ale or a fruited smoothie sour of some sort. Like, uh-huh. again, it's like, what are you setting your expectations London. for this beer? We wanted it to be a farmhouse ale, a seasonal farmhouse ale. Uh, and we wanted to have suggestions of cranberry. And we did that by fermenting the hundred percent pressed uh, yeah. organic cranberry. So it, it was injected during the tail end of fermentation uh, we ferment it, so I'll back up with the grist. So this is beer. 
with all our farmhouse ales, we like to use 100% New Jersey grown and malted grains. Oh, wow. Nice. That means Rabbit Hill for us here in New Jersey. So this was a a Pilsner uh, base with some uh, wheat malt in it as well. Um, We fermented it super dry. It's actually a blend of yeast strains that we got from Al Buck over at East Coast Yeast. Uh, And this was... a mix of like a peppery earthy strain with one that he had propped up from some dregs of bottles from Dre Fontaine over ah, in Belgium. Well, of it's course. A, it's a clean strain. <laughs> so it, it's not uh it's not mixed firm or funky, but it is kind of like their house strain, if you will, or like one of their strains that they, you know, but put I out like that about that. Like it wasn't overly funky. It's yeah. The right so amount it's, of, it's, of know, balance. The yeast itself does contribute a little acidity but also obviously the cranberry uh does as well i think there's probably about six to eight percent of the fermentables of the beer came from the cranberry injected so okay you want to look at it like a a beer like a saison cranberry wine hybrid but just heavy skewed to the saison Mm. um and it's it's less than like a back sweetened like literal cranberry like ocean spray flavor it's more like a sparkling cranberry wine where it's like yes the, the byproducts of fermentation that happen from the cranberry so it's like the the derived flavors um but you do get a little bit of like almost like a tannin structure you would from oak aging mm. that kind of works its way into the mouthfeel of it but again still dry effervescent we carb a little higher than our typical beers um and so it's it's more to be like a little rosé colored bubbly in mm-hmm. the glass yep uh, drink kind of like a saison with its peppery spicy earthy you know ester and phenol profile with some like fermented cranberry i mean i gotta say greg i mean like i said all the stuff that we've had tonight it's been all over the place but everything seems connected in the way that you guys have intended to represent your brand i mean this is something that people can go into the brewery uh absolutely get exactly what they're looking for based upon your your tap list and everything else and be able to enjoy themselves in one way shape or form whether it be in the tap room or stuff to go you guys have built a phenomenal uh you know label list and brand list for what you guys have done and i mean like i said i thoroughly enjoyed myself at the brewery and had a great time and enjoyed every bit of the liquid we have tonight i want to give you an opportunity to give us the big plugs for the uh, brewery. So give us uh, all the contact information, uh, both for Fishtown and for Colts Neck, and uh, give people uh, a little bit of information what they can use when they're traveling in and around the New Jersey and Philadelphia area. Awesome. Yeah, well, you know, first of all, thank you all for having me. Thanks this for is... being on and sending the beers. Oh, I mean, we're not done. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's what know, a treat. I'd love to get the name out there, and Fuck that's yeah. kind of what these past few years have been. So, you know, most of our messaging uh through social media so like instagram it's uh at source brewing and then the new philly location in fishtown neighborhood is source fishtown um i would sign up if you're interested in hearing more about our beers you know first follow us and then um, you can sign up to be on our email list so you'll get that that link sent to you right at 9 a.m. Mm-hmm. so you don't miss out on anything if it's a beer that you definitely want to get on before it sells out um we'll put all of our you know our hours of operation we're open every day except tuesday that's in philly and in fishtown or philly and in colts neck here um 
and yeah check us out i mean we uh we'll post we'll get some beers on her distribution from time to time uh, we'll we'll post that through our our social medias and um definitely check out the fishtown location and, and come hungry because there's some great food coming yeah. out of there and, <laughs> it looks so, bro, if you want some soft shell crab well let me tell you goddamn fucking crab between <laughs> the burgers <laughs> and the goddamn crab burger thing <laughs> holy yeah we're, we're changing up that menu too so that kind of is seasonal and cyclical and it goes you know it's all stuff that it incorporates beer into the actual cooking we've got like stuffed pretzels we got like the jersey boy stuffed pretzel uh, like, yeah yeah, yeah there's pork roll like and cheese in it and you know everything's made in we, we put beer into the pretzel of course and you make, do yeah <laughs> we do it all the hard way you know we uh it's it's special stuff and we do look to expand our, our footprint in philly and you know, you know, maybe someday we'll be we'll be brewing in the city as well. So um, I would, yeah, stay tuned if you're if you're going to be in the central New Jersey slash Philadelphia area. Yeah, try to put your hands on some source and and check us out online. Greg, you're not planning on being on AC Beer Fest this year, are you? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah, we haven't made any commitment to it yet, so um, I doubt that we will. We're, we're not going this year, or we don't plan to go this year, but, however, we know that that's a great place for people to highlight their beer. Um, AC Beer Fest has been a, a great place for us to come and, and, and broadcast from and meet new uh, new, new Jersey breweries, and it's uh, you know a great place for people to come hang out, but uh, you know we love everything that you guys have produced, and this is something that you know we highly recommend and uh, – you know, to our audience and, and our people that are listening, you have a phenomenal lineup and a phenomenal uh, amount of labels and, and variations that come out of your brews. Uh, really appreciate you being on the show tonight, Greg. Thanks a lot for uh, taking the time with us and uh, showing us the brew house and uh, committing to uh, a good two hours of a Zoom to us. Great beers, yeah, bro. The pleasure's mine, guys. I uh, appreciate you getting the good word out there about the brewing scene. Um, helping to get that good message out and giving Source a little bit of a platform here. So, I mean, we all love uh, making good beer, and I think it's the best time to be alive if, yeah. if you're in beer. So, oh, my God. That. Imagine a better time of craft brewing in, in yeah. the history of, of existence. This is it. Like, this is no, it. You know what? No, you know what, you know what it was? What? This is, I mean, this is right there. But it was when you lived in Manhattan or Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And there were 200 breweries in a 15-mile yeah, radius. Everyone had a brewery in because there. Because there was a brewery in every neighborhood. Yeah. Well, I mean, even that. But now, all you had was lagers. Right. Oh, I'm, I'm fine then. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> Is that okay with you, Mike? I'm fine with me. I, just I, lagers? Listen, I like a lot. There's nothing wrong with lagers. <laughs> I enjoy my good crispy boys every now and then. No, so, uh, you guys are doing a great job over there, man. I, yeah. I, I really appreciated everything really you looking. did. Um, e- even everything you, you, you spoke about. Um, you gave us a lot of good energy of and information. Jesus, uh, yeah, super knowledgeable. Um, yeah, you guys. Uh, I wish you guys nothing but the best. Yeah, and I definitely plan on going. To, I don't know about getting to Jersey, but yeah. I definitely know you know where it is. Fishtown, Fish man. Yeah. I know that I've been there, and <laughs> now that I know they are there, yeah, I, I will oh, be yeah. going. Greg, really appreciate you being on. Thanks a lot for sending the beers, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. 
Cheers, guys. Thanks, right, man. Later, Brother, man. thank you so much. This is the word with Mike, Pete, and Steve, GovsRadio.com. Really appreciate for everyone for tuning in tonight on Instagram. Uh, we'll have the podcast out on all of our platforms. Uh, we'll have the video up on our YouTube channel as well as on Spotify, on iHeartRadio, on Amazon Music, on the Hopped Up Network, and there's probably one I'm missing, iTunes, right? So uh, check us out. And uh, we are the word with Mike, Pete, and Steve, GovsRadio.com, and Pete, it's really good to have you here tonight. Yes, it's good to be there. We've missed you. Bro, we missed you. You know what? You got to stop like flying around and shooting down these like rogue things that are flying around because we know you can't All say is yeah, yeah, yeah. So $200 million each for the planes. Yes. $50,000 an hour to fly them. Yes. The missiles. And shot to, And the missiles. Is a, a, uh, I like, think it's close to a million. A couple hundred. Yeah, easily a few hundred grand a yeah. pop. Oh, no more. And yeah. Pete was behind the cockpit yeah. of every, every single, single one. one. He was the one that went... <laughs> Fox One. Fox One. <laughs> <laughs> Our Independence Day. Relax. Yes. Bill Pullman. Hey, hey. Hey, Mike Pete and Steve GovsRadio.com. Appreciate for joining in. Steve, any parting words before we get out of here? Um. Nope. All right, Pete. <laughs> something before we get out? Uh, don't forget to have your pets spayed or neutered. Boy, I've missed that. And this is the word with Mike P and Steve goes Squirrels. Squirrels. And there it is. We out. Well, that's two hours of your life that you'll never get back. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Yeah. Please hang up and try again. This has been the Words on Govs Radio. I hope you're drunk enough.